this week on Login. We're here to discuss Batman Returns, Tim Burton's 1992 gothic noir Batman movie with Michael Keaton, maybe my new favorite Batman after rewatching oh, wow. this. Really good. Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, David <laughs> <Dave> DeVito <laughs> as the Penguin, and all, such a great cast. Christopher Walken as Max Shrek. <laughs> really kind of blown away by this movie. I'm here with my good friend, Ian. Hello. Ian's back. He picked Batman Returns. I'm excited to talk about it. What's up, man? Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? So good. So good. Great to be back. Great to be talking to you again. Exciting to talk to you again. You've been watching a lot of really cool movies I've seen on your letterbox. Yeah? What have you? Yeah. Was there anything that I'll caught your eye? i have to look right now. There were lots of them, but I don't remember any of them off the top of my head. So I'm going to open up letterbox. Ooh. We need to have like some elevator music while we're scrolling and it's gonna take me forever to find you there we go ian lock recent activity well of course i was very interested in batman returns of course very curious you saw napoleon i did what'd you think of that i liked it i thought it was fun i like i like ridley scott because i think he does I, obviously i think people know this but he does like scale and scope really well like he does yeah battle sequences really well like if you've seen gladiator you know that so good and napoleon has that in spades there's like some really cool really really insane sequences i really enjoyed it it's just a weird movie because i think there's too much napoleon story to put mm. in like a three-hour movie i just don't think yeah. it works that way so I don't know. First, like after watching it, it felt like there was something missing. Like it kind of felt like there was just like an empty part that just wasn't really fleshed out. But Joaquin Phoenix is really good. It's a very like non-acting role. No one does like a French accent. He does an American accent. A few other <laughs> actors do uh, English accents. I actually like that for period pieces. Yeah, it was fine. It didn't like take me out or anything. And I actually liked I, I assumed a point was like this weird little non-speaking weirdo short weirdo <laughs> short king but no i i thoroughly enjoyed it i thought it was fun i mean yeah again like a part of me wishes they kind of focused on one thing you know i know there's a couple napoleon-esque movies that are uh i think one is just based on waterloo i think it's actually called waterloo but uh yeah it was fun it, it was great i would watch i would recommend it for sure oh him and vanessa kirby who plays josephine his wife very yes. good together i was gonna ask about her yeah they have this very it's almost like <laughs> this weird like rom-com energy between the two like they're both like very horny for each other and there's a lot of like there's like there's points in the movie where napoleon you know wants to be intimate with josephine and he yeah he makes these really weird gesture it's very strange <laughs> and and you kind of have nothing to base this off of because obviously i mean there's like books about napoleon but like <laughs> Like you don't really know what is like far fetched or true, you know? You're like it's hmm, maybe like literal. Napoleon yeah. was just a horny little weirdo. <laughs> but uh, no, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I think a lot of people were dismissive of like the lack of facts, but I could care less about that kind of stuff. I guess. Yeah. Especially, I don't know. It's like so cinematic too, and pretty breathtaking. So I guess if it wasn't that, I'd be more. 
I guess I'd agree more, but I also know nothing about Napoleon except like the major battles. Even that, I probably don't know anything. Yeah, uh, but no, it was fun. I would recommend it. Uh, I think it's going to be on Apple, like in a couple of weeks or maybe a month. Oh, right I don't on. know what the cool. Yeah, but it was good. It was fun, dude. I, speaking of Ridley Scott, I don't know if you've seen it, but his movie because he he made so many movies like within the last like four years. But he did a movie that came out like kind of peak COVID called The Last Duel. That's the Matt Damon. Now that is a really good movie. I would recommend that for sure. Cool. Like kind of it's a lot of, you know, it's kind of um it's like a uh it's it's a dark film okay. and, but it's told between three different perspectives between the three main characters. So you kind of get so like in that in that sense it's a little hard to watch because you see a like a really horrifying sequence three different times in the movie, but being told right. by three different perspectives. Interesting. But that as a story, um as a way to tell the story I thought was really interesting. And it's just dudes hmm. with swords, you know, so I don't and Adam Driver. Adam Driver's Adam Driver. yeah. So Adam Driver, Matt Damon, and Jodie Comer are the three leads, and Ben Affleck cool. is in it as well. I think they wrote it. I could be wrong, but anyway, that's just uh, just because we're talking about the riddle, the riddles, really Scott. They did write it with Nicole Holofcener. Very cool. Holofcener. Very uh, cool. I don't know how to say that, but that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I did see this come up, and honestly, just the image of Matt Damon with a beard dude, he, was a total turnoff. I never even he, went back, dude. It's all. I mean, you just have to. You have to. You have to get through that. <laughs> but it's his character is very. Um, it's really funny to see how other people view him, and then how he views himself within the movie. It's real. That that in itself is just like very very funny. And and Ridley Scott is is he has a sense of humor. Like all of his movies, there's a lot of jokes. Like. Like in Napoleon, yeah. there's a few, there's a few laugh out loud moments because I think he just, yeah, I think he just likes to insert some comedic moments. But yeah, I would recommend Last Duel as well. Every- that makes me think of Michael Fassbender's dueling flute solos. Oh my god, what is that in um, Prometheus? Doesn't he like f- play the flute with himself? He oh, ma- is it Co- Covenant? Is that Alien Covenant? Maybe it was Covenant. Yeah. but there was some scene where it's just like Michael Fassbender like. Now put your fingers where mine are. You aren't surprised to see me. Every mission needs a good synthetic. Gentle pressure on the holes. The weight of a cigarette paper. That's it. Ooh. It seems Rocking like they, out there's on a lot flutes? of uh, like tension. It's a tension a building, tension but it's just them. Yeah, they're it's playing like, on uh, flutes and <laughs> opposite of tension. Just like, is this like a joke or is this like I don't? Know, but you that. find yourself rocking out, so who cares? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, and then Napoleon, Vanessa Kirby. I just rewatched the second half of the Mission Impossible franchise uh, Heck from yeah. Brad Bird's Fallout. Yeah, on. and Vanessa Kirby is so good Dude. in those, and this time especially, I was just like, man, she's a really she's fun. a rock star, man. She's so freaking good in those movies she kind of lets loose like she's like like her character in those mission possible movies are it's like constantly like wide-eyed like her acting is like all yeah. in her eyes you oh, know yeah. this one in the point she's like a little bit more muted but again there's like this like really intense chemistry between the two but man dude she's up there for me in terms yeah. of in terms of uh well <laughs> you know <laughs> say it uh blonde-haired uh actresses <laughs> there you go yeah i think she's one of the most interesting like new actresses for sure like versus because i feel like we have a lot of a lot of the big 
I mean, obviously this sounds stupid, but like a lot of the big lead actresses have been the big lead actresses for a while. Yeah. But I don't know what my point is with that. I just think it'd be fun to see her pop up more. She's a heavy hitter. She's yeah. I I love whenever she's uh she's in a movie. I'm excited. I I, yeah. I love her stuff. Well, cool. One other one I saw yeah. you watch that I wanted to ask about, and I'm sorry I cut into your last fourth. Napoleon, no, this is great. But, um, no, that's totally fine. Midnight Cowboy. Oh I saw my god! You yeah. What did you think of that? Cause I I saw it. Yeah, I th- I, it was. It's a crazy movie. I had no idea what it was about. It's really wild. I think so. I tr- I I watched it or I tried watching it a couple years ago, and for whatever reason, I kind of dipped off. So I never finished it. I watched like the. I probably would say at least the first twenty minutes, and then I don't know what happened. Yeah, it's a really dark movie. It like it. It's Heavy. really sad. And I watched it. I did kind of like a impromptu double viewing of that and boogie nights and they those were like kind of perfectly melded together totally in terms of both movies have like a very kind of like fun lighthearted uh first half and then the back half the movie is like really dark depressing and kind of just re makes you just rethink life or just like (laughs) meditate on just societal problems but um I mean, the movie's really good. It's really, really good. I love kind of 19... It's like late 60s New York, so it's still, like, pretty scummy. It's it's like you got porn houses in, like, Times Square and everything like that. There's buildings that are just completely vacant. And uh, Dustin Hoffman is just... It's a very hard watch. His character is... is um, it's troubling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, just very early John Voight, too. Yeah. It took me, it's so hard. His, there's something about young John Voight compared to old John Voight where it's hard to reconcile. Like, he just has a whole different vibe as young he, John Voight. Yeah, he's so mesmerizing, though, too. Like, he's, like, uh, he's, like, full of spunk. I don't know. Like, <laughs> that's also <laughs> weird to say because he's a, a male prostitute in the movie. Quite a <laughs> no, well bad said. choice of words. But, no, but, like, he's just, like... um. Well, I mean, his character is, like, very happy-go-lucky, right? He goes to the big city to, you know, try to make a living by being a hustler, by being a male prostitute. (laughs) And um, so, I I don't know, like, in that in itself, like, you're like, oh, that's kind of funny. Like, oh, how, like, not quaint, but, like, some hijinks. Yeah, like, it's, like, a little silly. And then you're like, oh, my God, like, the ramifications as the movie goes on, you're like, holy cow, okay. And versus, like, Boogie Nights, so there's a lot of, upbeat fun stuff as well this one is like pretty much it's a down exactly Caleb. yeah yeah. <laughs> i feel like there was never <laughs> yeah. i kept waiting for and the name is like midnight cowboy so i was like that sounds pretty sick yeah like, so, that sounds like pretty fun exactly. movie. so i always imagined it was gonna be more on the like yeah i would say it's not like an easy watch it's not a fun watch like i'm not i i kind of like went into it not knowing the whole plot of it or i mean just knowing kind of the bare bones but yeah, it's not like something you could just pop on on a on a lazy Sunday. It really, it really it kind of it ruin. It's all it, I would I would uh, consider it a light a light day ruiner. I will say though that jo- John Voight's costumes or not his outfits in the movie are pretty spectacular because he goes he goes full throttle because I guess actually I don't know if it's true but it makes it seem like every male gigolo needs to have like a like a persona so he's like i'm gonna be the cowboy guy and he just like all of his outfits are you know like 
what do you call it oh god what's that pattern and it doesn't matter but he's like you know full-fledged cowboy outfits and i'm like huh these actually look pretty good actually he looks he's a he's a good looking stylish yeah he's an he has an interesting face too i'm looking at him right now he's it's very uh, strong feature mm-hmm. maybe is and, and then the golden blonde yeah hair, it's like hey it's yeah. weird with his skin tone yeah I, there's something un- very intriguing about it all yeah See, I feel like there was another one I saw you watch. It might have been a minute ago. Oh, it was Iron Man three. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, that's oh. unra- uh, underrated. It's. I mean, those original Iron Mans are like the Godfather trilogy of the. <laughs> I wouldn't MCU go that far. now. I mean, they're just so much better than the new stuff we're getting. Like when you watch the first Iron Man. Well, it's I mean, like, Iron wow, Man. This is really a great movie. Yeah, that's that's like. Yeah, that's like it was the like shot on film, like visually. It's just Is it like shot really, on film? I'm pretty sure the first like two or three were oh, that's before amazing. they went digital. That. I didn't know that. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll look that yeah, up. It's, no, you're right. It, <laughs> <laughs> it is now, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> Iron Man shot on film. <laughs> John Favreau. It's it's on the Criterion Channel, I think. Oh, that's fun. No, it's not. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I was like, interesting. See, I'm right. <laughs> Actually, it is close to Iron Man 3. Yeah. Avengers. You watched the first Avengers yeah. on the 26th yeah. of November. Yeah. How did that hold up? Good. I don't know. I uh I it's good. I it's because I'm I'm kind of going through this weird, like I, I just wanted to revisit them to not to compare between what we had versus what we're getting currently. It's more yeah. just like I feel. I think it's just like a nostalgia bubble. I just want to put myself into, but um, it's fun. Like I don't know. I don't really know what else to say. It's not that deep of a movie, but it's it's fun. Still hits. It still hits. I think there's yeah. like the Robert Downey or the Captain America Iron Man like face off is very 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 fun. Especially knowing kind of what comes later in the films, kind of their yeah. dynamic between each other. I like it. Dude. And the right look say what you will about joss whedon because he is a bad dude but he can write a script and so there's a lot of funny funny jokes in this movie and yeah there's like the i mean the first there's that panning shop where you get all the avengers when they're in new york battling all the aliens and you're like yeah this is what made them a billion dollars yeah i haven't read it yet but there's this new book about the mcu studios and kind of like how it became this huge uh mega studio company and it kind of all not i don't want to say like fell into their hands but they're kind of just like let's try this let's try this it wasn't as planned as people thought it was going through like the first couple phases so just like watching it like what it is now you're like dang you kind of were just like let's try this let's go for it hopefully people like it like if this flopped then we wouldn't have what like the 30 movies we have now it's pretty wild yeah i think the biggest takeaway of this movie is how spot on they got the cast like it's crazy like when you look at them and like you can't really unsee anyone else in that role like if you look at like kind of like the what if castings it's just it you see what we got and you're like oh that was actually perfect like that in itself is like kind of amazing to me that they kind of nailed yeah. each and every uh casting decision it's pretty wild it is insane how that first group of avengers how each of them it's like arguably each of their like most iconic role i'd have to think more about it but like 
Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man might be like one of the best. It's like groundbreaking. It's crazy casting decisions ever. And, and I'm getting chills just thinking about it. That's how lame I am. <laughs> I was gonna say, especially knowing Robert Downey Jr.'s arc and his personal life yeah. with his drug use yeah. and how he's pretty much like blackballed in Hollywood because he was so no one believed he could finish a right. movie, and how he came back and then like found iron man which like perfectly fit where he was in his arc in his own life kind of it's it's pretty wild something crazy too that i found out was that in iron man they kind of they took a punt on him because john favreau was like this is the guy i want him to be iron man and marvel was like we don't know because of his past history to the extent that in iron man he was like like he's the star of the movie but i think he was like second or third in terms of what would you call it like payment wise salary salary or whatever yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty sure like gwyneth paltrow and the guy that got recast oh my god i'm, th- I'm blanking on his name oh uh terrence terrence howard. howard they were both like top not top build but top build in terms of in terms of salary and he was like all the way down and then you look at him now and he's like one of the he was able to i think around iron man 3 he was able to negotiate like shane black becoming the director for that move like he had so much that was like, like power Robert Downey's choice. yeah yeah so it's pretty wild but cool. yeah it's a great movie i don't know i love him yeah it's fun yeah well cool would you still yep. like to do your last four heck yeah i'll just skip napoleon because we All talked right, about it yeah should we start yeah hit it man you're okay out. so i watched batman in preparation to watch batman returns yeah hell yeah dude i haven't watched this movie since i was a child like we have this on VHS. I remember the gl- I'm looking at the poster right now, like the glistening bat logo and it's like in all of its glory. And I was w- rewatching it last night. I like I just like could not believe that they made this movie. It's so wild. <laughs> the first Batman, right? Yeah, 89. And the fact that like I like Michael Keaton. I don't actually think he is my favorite Batman, but the Jack Nicholson role <laughs> for joker was just like so wild like he really like set the precedent on how on i think how villains are portrayed in like future comic book movies or whatever i feel like a lot of movie studios kind of this isn't the case for every single one but a lot of them maybe put more effort into the villain because it's kind of a more interesting character as the foil to whoever your hero is so i think jack nicholson's portrayal as the joker is just like I mean, we'll talk about it later with Batman Returns, but Tim Burton's Gotham, like his envision for Gotham is, it's like, again, I'm getting chills. This is so stupid. I can't believe I'm getting the chills. It, I'm cold, actually. Um, but, <laughs> but, dude, it's crazy. Like, it's like, it's exactly what, it's so much so that in the Batman, the new Robert Pattinson one, they totally were going, they're riffing off that for sure. Like, no doubt. There's like the like the gothic architecture that kind of just like it's kind of like collapsing Creeping on the town. The, yes, dude. Totally. So beautiful. And then uh maybe this didn't age as well, but just like his use of like miniatures, like you can totally tell what's a miniature and what's not. But I will say, like, it's like used to like really awesome effect, too. Especially in Batman Returns. Yeah, I thought it looked way better in Batman. Like however many years that's like three years, three years. Between? yeah yeah like the trajectory of like what they were able to do between those two movies it looks a lot better in in returns but yeah it's a freaking awesome movie i love it i grew up with it and yeah it's amazing okay next up i watched under the silver lake 2018 directed by david robert mitchell caleb 
I did not enjoy this movie. Yeah. Um, it stars Andrew Garfield. It's a movie about this burnout weirdo who falls in love with this girl in his apartment building. She goes missing, and then he tries to find her. And while he goes on this quest to find her, he unravels these mysteries of L.A. Yeah, it's a very QAnon conspiracy <laughs> weirdo <Ooh>. movie. Um. <laughs> And it was dumb. It was really dumb. I didn't like it. And I think the biggest mark on it is like if you watch a movie and you find if a movie reminds you of another movie and you're like, dang, I wish I was watching this other movie. That's I don't think that's a good thing. And this is exactly what it made me think of, because it reminds me of Inherent Vice, the Hmm. PTA movie. Yeah. Which I like a lot more. It's a guy basically trying to discover, you know, some mystery. And then he goes on this adventure talking to these weird kooky characters and like it's kind of like nonsensical and he starts finding messages in like yeah uh, cereal boxes and like yeah. tv commercials yeah. and it's just it's i don't know i i did i for some reason just did not work as it much as inherent vice did for me for whatever reason i don't know if it was more compelling or what but uh yeah i don't know i I didn't enjoy it i think the women all looked like all the female characters looked like they were out of like a 2008 american apparel ad and it's just like it was kind of like gross and grimy and i was like this this is not not for me i don't know we'll see because i i remember so this is the guy that directed it follows and i had to watch that twice because the first time i just for whatever reason hated it yeah and then i enjoyed it the second viewing so maybe i'll have to watch this again but i don't really want to and again, it's like one of those things where if you're looking to see how long it takes for if you're checking to see how much left of a movie you have to watch. I don't think that's good. Like You shouldn't be doing that. And I think I did that like four times. <laughs> yeah. Under the Silver Lake. I didn't I didn't I didn't enjoy it. But anyway, I do think I don't think I liked that a ton the first time. And it felt mm. this is such a pretentious word, but it felt derivative. What's another way I could say that? No, like you're saying it felt very much like it was. um cutting and pasting from other movies yeah it's like like okay for example like it, it was so it was so not like relying on its influences but the main character andrew garfield has all these noir movie posters on his wall yeah. it's just like stuff like that i'm like yeah we know what you're trying to do and i don't know if it's like obviously it's not subtle this movie is like everything short of subtlety yeah I, yeah i don't know i think derivative is the right word <laughs> at least to me but I did yeah. like it more. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just, I don't know. It wasn't passive aggressive. I did like it more on further viewings. Okay. And I, my little brother, Josh, really loved it. And okay. So that's like another reason I went back and I was like, all right, let me give it another try. And I, I will say, I think it is one that's like, I try to be like aware of the like waves of movies that come. That's and true. How, like yeah. inherent vice. I'm sure for some people is like, Oh, oh definitely. This was so inspired by the sixties, like noir thriller. Like you should watch the real movie. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but I like this one, you know, cause like right. I saw it first or what, you know, you know, so I think like, I think under the silver lake is like one of those movies that, um, like actually, actually we talked about this recently it's like mm, a gateway movie that's true like you like yeah. i feel like if you're like in your early 20s or in high school and you watch that and you haven't yeah. seen like eyes wide shut and you haven't seen inherent vice yet 
you're gonna be like whoa and or any of the movies from the 40s and 50s so like yep that it's taking inspiration totally from. which yeah. yeah i haven't seen many of those i actually kind of talked to you about watching some movies from the 40s and how you need to step up your game <laughs> yeah. but i i agree i do think it's i don't know I, I definitely it took me a while to appreciate it and then there's like one scene specifically that's become like the anchor of the movie to me okay when he um stumbles on the music man which i won't say too mm. much about but he's the guy who's playing piano and yeah i couldn't get into that interesting which yeah. I, that scene has like um i like it there's something okay. nice about it. and again it's not like a like a super groundbreaking concept of like you know yeah view of media right it's like it's all you know i think spice girls we actually talked about spice girls with andy last week i think spice girls had the same concept where all the music was um they literally brainwashed <laughs> all the artists so it was all just they that were all just puppets for the music uh companies and stuff so like wow imagine being like an 11 year old girl watching that and that's the message of you that movie i was an 11 year old boy and i was yeah, like that's... what the fuck this is yeah. crazy um <laughs> okay maybe yeah there were scenes where i'm like this is really good like kind of like you said like because i yeah. kind of hooked you in and then there was like moments like right after we were like what do you guys do like you had like i don't know it's just it weird I grimy too like andrew andrew garfield's character is not like super likable i love him i thought he was really good that's actually the one like he's very good in this movie he's really good but like they give you're never sure if he's a good guy or not like he's always a little creepy right and then I don't know if you've heard this, but there's like, you know, there's the the dog murder storyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think he's the dog murderer? Interesting, because there's a few sequences that are kind of like almost hallucinatory. Oh, that, okay. And he sees like girls barking at some. I think yeah. he like imagines girls yeah, barking yeah. at him or something. Right. Um, mm. So there's like, I think there's, um, yeah, I think I hear you. I don't know. I, how to end this thought <laughs> uh, yeah maybe i'll watch it again like three or four years if you ever yeah. do let me know but i bet and i wonder if it'll be like an earworm movie a little bit maybe like, definitely it's one that's like certain scenes i i think about i would say this is probably the most polarizing movie i think for like people like it's either you really like it or you really don't i feel like that these types of movies where they're kind of like very erratic and there's all this messaging whether it's subtle or not it's just yeah it's just so like you can't just be like Meh. it's not like a shrug of the shoulders movie i don't think yeah it's gonna take you or leave you behind i will say i do i love watching movies that are set in la especially areas where i'm like silver lake where i'm like oh this doesn't get that much attention like it's usually yeah. like downtown la or something you know what i mean it hits like a lot of like the like observatory or just um you know like actual silver lake so i did appreciate that i thought that was kind of fun especially when you're you know kind of homesick or whatever i think it's a good la movie too I yeah think i think one. so um and then to finish it off i watched the holiday which i've never seen before i was actually surprised and that's like the um the 2006 rom-com directed by nancy myers queen of rom-coms which you guys just did harry when harry met sally yep right wait did she have it wait did she do that i no, she didn't do don't that. think so nora efron uh, wrote when harry oh no Sally. i'm thinking of nora efron well nancy myers too is kind of a queen in her own right but it's the kind of the the foursome <laughs> rom-com yeah featuring like dude listen to this lineup it's crazy cameron diaz kate winslet jude law and jack black 
This yeah. is so wild. They, I just, this is like now a movie that they would just put straight to Netflix. I oh, think. Oh yeah. Anyway, it's a cute movie. It's about two women who are going through really tumultuous times during the holiday season, hence the name. So they do a house swap, and then they fall in love with two, you know, two other guys. I will say, I really enjoyed the two British people in this movie. That being Kate Winslet <laughs> and Jude Law. I. And I just I could not care for Cameron Diaz or Jack Black for that matter. And I love Jack Black. Like yeah. he's kind of this is embarrassing to say, but he's kind of like a hero. Like I thought he was like the like I think growing up he probably was my favorite actor <laughs> easily. But yeah, I was just like, wow, this is the first time I was actually annoyed by like a Jack Black performance. I was like, wait, Jack Black was your favorite actor? Act just blanket actor like in 2006 that's dope yeah nacho libre was that what did it you know what i've never Isn't seen that, that movie whoa I know. that's a good one no it was school of rock come on oh yeah that is an awesome movie dude that was like that was a birthday movie that i think i went Holds to see up. like four or five times <laughs> nice. but it's very i mean i will say this movie is very cute it's also really long it's like yeah. a, like i think it's like two hour 20 minute or something like that. it's like an epic christmas love story and you know not enough christmas there's like a mm. christmas like portion right at the scene i know it's kind of like in the lead up to christmas but just not enough christmas could have yeah. used more christmas the cottage that cameron diaz stays at is really beautiful yeah um another la movie too like there's a part where kate winslet's character meets this old yeah. screenwriter yeah okay so I actually did enjoy that. I thought they had great chemistry. I was going to say, I man. think the Eli Wallach who plays the Eli Wallach, uh, the yes, was he a composer, right? I think he's a screenwriter. Screenwriter, okay. Yeah, I, I thought that was my favorite storyline. Yeah, I, I remember it best. Shannon Sossaman is in this. Brrr. Speaking of cats, I think she is. Um, <laughs> wait, is she in? Hold on, not to Google. <sighs> Shannon Sossaman. She's in something. Is she in a band? Got to see what she looks. Like. Oh, okay, cool. Is she in a band? I don't know. Hold on. Is she in? She's in Warpaint. She's in Warpaint. Oh no way! Yeah, she's the drummer for Warpaint. Oh, very cool. Or was was. So there wow. you go. Pretty cool. And she's in a Knight's Tale, which is an awesome movie. Yeah, that movie rocks. Oh, and then one thing from the holiday, which is so funny, just a very like 2006 time capsule is kate winslet's character wakes up to one of those like alarms that plays a song and it's jets are you gonna be my girl it's nice. so funny because she wakes up and she's like thank you and then she gets out of bed and starts like dancing and i'm like this would just never happen no one like even in 2006 people hated that song um except me i did too i actually love jet as well anyway that's my last four i had a great time that's great yeah fun Cool. I'll jump into yeah. mine. This will be pretty quick. So last night after I watched Batman Returns, which I loved, mm -hmm. I watched a Japanese horror film from 1977 called House. Oh, I saw this. And it's one that's been on my list to watch for a really long time. Yeah. Uh, the poster is really interesting. Not the one on Letterboxd, but the one I've always seen is uh, the like, collage with the girl's face in the middle and then all the blue faces behind her oh interesting i only know it for the main poster like it's like the, the cat wolf one or the cat one yeah and so and it just sounded cool and yeah. so last night i was just my wife fell asleep after <laughs> we watched batman returns and i just wanted to watch something kind of quick and fun so this is like a, 
I think it's like 128 or no, I'm sorry, um, like 88 minutes. And it's really cool. It's way different than what I was expecting. I yeah. thought it was going to be a pretty grounded horror movie. It seemed pretty psychedelic. I saw the trailer for it. Yeah, it's wild, dude. It's real wild. I really liked it. And there's really interesting like edit editing and transitions. And they do a lot of like split screen mm. stuff and just like faces overlaid. Kind of reminded me of like David Lynch stuff, which okay. ironically, this came out the same year as Eraserhead. So it was like what year's house? Sorry. 77. Oh, OK, cool. It's just really interesting. There's just a lot of really interesting, like chaotic elements yeah. to it. And it's very, what's the word I'm thinking of where it's just, um, it just, it's crazy. Like it'll just cut into like Kung Fu moments and then sure. horror and then like surreal horror and then like comedy, like, and the, it's about six girls staying at a, uh, their, their, one of their aunt's house in the country, uh, that's haunted. And they know that and they go willingly no they house? get they okay. get duped by the the haunted house see they always get duped they never <laughs> they never tell you up front it'd be a lot easier to avoid exactly <laughs> the movie's three minutes fair. long we are not going <laughs> yeah that's haunted yes they told us but it was it was really fun it, it's it's um it's pretty it's it's pretty weird so it, yeah there was there were moments where i was like i don't know if i want to finish this tonight because i was getting really tired but i, I did finish it and it was worth it is it scary like, do you think, is it, I feel like a lot of people were, were logging this during the spooky season of October. It's definitely like a haunted house movie, Sure, yeah. but I wouldn't call it scary. It's definitely more like surreal horror that mm. maybe like delves into disturbing at times, Okay, but it's all pretty like, um, campy and like uh, the special effects that can be are fun, yeah. very low budget. So nothing looks too realistic and right. the music is so interesting it's, is it like disco i don't like, even it goes everywhere okay. there's like that's fun so like but it's constant and it doesn't always mm. match the scene that you're in like it doesn't feel congruent and sometimes they'll have like two tracks playing at once where it's like this like yeah. piano song that's kind of like upbeat and like choppy and maybe a little disturbing but then they'll layer in like a slow classic more classic sounding horror film music under the piano It's like the music, and I don't know if this was a creative choice or just the mix, but the music is like overpowering the dialogue. Like I couldn't even hear them talking. It was subtitled, so I didn't need to. But like sometimes I couldn't even hear the conversation on screen because the music was so loud. You know who loved this movie probably? Who? Christopher oh my Nolan. gosh, Christopher Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a fun one. I was going to say, I feel like this is like a very influential movie. I don't know if you watched on the Criterion channel on youtube they have like a lot of actors directors people involved in the film industry will go into yeah. that clause and pick movies and this is a big one i think the one i know is like bill Hader was there and he picked it out like that was one of his favorite movies and then he unzips his jacket to reveal it's the poster <laughs> on his shirt <laughs> but yeah a lot of people love this movie i really wanted to watch it but i was afraid it was going to be too scary and yeah. i would have to watch it alone okay i'll get around to it eventually Again, it's weird. It's like it's it isn't like super easy to watch. Yeah, it's pretty chaotic at times. 
but it's it's great and um i can't remember remind me of a few other things too but i really liked it and i, cool. would, I would recommend it that was the most recent one before that i watched batman returns and then the Heck night yeah. before i also watched batman 89 nice and then for that the same night i watched mission impossible dead reckoning part one for the second time because Heck i yes. had rewatched the uh like i was saying earlier i watched uh, ghost protocol rogue nation fallout oh, and then dead that's reckoning. so much fun like they're so good dude, dude literally i'm gonna start crying just thinking about these movies <laughs> like literally <laughs> dude i like i need the new one i need it now it's like maybe my most anticipated movie dude. right now and where i just really want to know when they tease the submarine at the <sighs> bottom of the ocean i'm like i'm in like i'm yeah. in i, I want to know how they do it man i can't, wait. I'm crying I can't right wait to see what tom cruise does <sighs> okay what do you think about the jump the motorcycle jump because it was, was teased awesome. out yeah, it was amazing. Did I wish it, they didn't market it so I, much. I know that's what I was exactly what I was gonna say, but goddamn, that it was so great. And just I watched these with my wife, and she she knows them, or she knows that Tom Cruise does all his own stunts and stuff. Mm. But literally the whole movie, every time I'm like, he really did that. Yeah, watch, watch, he, did that. he really did. Dude, this. he's actually hanging on that plane right now. Yeah. like, and she's like, I know, I know. <laughs> like, are you watching? <laughs> just keep pointing at the screen. Aragorn, Aragorn broke his toe exactly. on that scene. <laughs> Not many people know that. <laughs> Have you heard? Dude, that was like before before YouTube was a thing. I would just watch the um Lord of the Rings extended edition like special features and that was like a big deal on one of them with the oh, fact yeah, that when I he did. kicks the helmet and he breaks his toe and I'm like what now I have that in the back of my head, so I just this tell people like, people's mind And now everyone's like, Yeah, yeah, we know. <laughs> okay, speaking of stunts. Do you have a favorite Mission Possible stunt? Like, I guess, yeah. of, of all, give it to me. So ironically, in rewatching, this was my least favorite of the new films. Yeah. Since since Ghost Protocol, since the first trilogy, Ghost Protocols, I think the, the Burj Khalifa still blows my mind when he's scaling the wall with the magnetized, whatever, electric gloves. Yeah. And then they start and then to goes fail out, oh and his God. rope's not long enough. Because I'm I'm terrified of heights. It's probably yeah. one of my biggest fears. And it again, again, if this if I if I didn't know it was real, it wouldn't mm. be as fun. Like if this was CGI or I could tell that they were on a set like in you know compositing, yeah. it wouldn't be as good. But knowing he really is hanging up there, even if there's more safety wires than we can see, uh, yeah, it makes it so. It literally makes my stomach like turn every time in, in the most fun way. Ugh, dude, and then it leads into one of the best things that Mission Possibles do, and that's running. Yeah. So it goes from that into running. Oh my god, forget about it. Into a sandstorm. Come on, dude. Dead Reckoning and the Christopher the Christopher McQuarrie films, McQuarrie, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, I feel like he gets like three or four great running scenes a movie. It's not he, even limited. He to knows. Like one. It's his money maker. It's he so knows. good. Yeah. Oh my god. Is he the best runner in um... cinema? probably i don't i don't know who even who else would come who close do you, i'm trying to who think do you even think about their running if anything i see people uh, run in movies i'm like what the heck is wrong they're like running there? on a treadmill or something it's <laughs> yeah. not real um i will say for dead reckoning Haley atwell and yeah. tom cruise that chemistry is there it's so hot like like it hurts you know what i mean like you're getting blisters on your fingers just watching it. <laughs> yeah. The scene in the little mini Cooper-esque car when they're driving, yeah. the very like slapsticky uh who am I thinking of? The guy that did all of his stunts in like the 20s. Oh, 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 Char Charlie Chaplin. No, the oh, other no, no, guy. No, 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 uh, Charlie Chaplin, but um yeah. um 
Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton is so Buster Keaton esque yes. when they're call in the car doing the, the weird ha- like hand movements with the because uh, they're both uh, they're handcuffed, handcuffed to each other. He, it's the wrong arm for Tom Cruise to be able to drive, oh, so dude, they ha- he either has to drive one handed. And when they crash the little car oh and then they God. flip seats again, and they're just both like, "How did that happen?" It's truly so funny, dude. The most fun, man. That was so awesome. <laughs> so, I love that stuff. Freaking Rebecca Ferguson. So just good. kicking ass dude yeah. i love her i'm so excited for dune too i just need her lady jessica on more uh screens if you know what i mean and um freaking uh freaking um palm clementoff the one who plays so good the weirdo the weirdo like just like bruiser little yeah the bruiser girl. dude when she's in the car in like the hummer <sighs> man one of my favorite parts just how much joy she was getting smashing through what is it a french city is it like paris or something they're in paris at that yeah point? yeah she just she has like a big suv like oh. swat car that's like armored and she's just smashing through this she's like beautiful banging. ancient oh city God. and she's just like loving it she's just like <laughs> she's deranged like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> truly deranged yeah i think yeah easily it's an awesome movie i know some people didn't like it i think that's also just due to the villain kind of being like kind of underdeveloped but also that's because it's a two-parter so what are you gonna do and he's just like a real campy villain it's about it's about tom cruise it's also ai and you're just like okay i'm Dude, like the so scene, sick of ai <laughs> the scene where they're in the club and it turns out oh my god the, the club, club is yes. the ai i was just like hey this doesn't make sense because like wh- what is it ai is but, in, a, in a hard drive and then but also i loved it though because it was just like such a night it felt like such a 90s view or like early yes. 2000s view yes. of the internet and like computer programs like it felt very war games where it's like <laughs> i'm everywhere is that matthew broderick yeah dude <laughs> great movie dude, i would say if something happens in a movie like for instance the villain being like whatever and it's just a shrug of the shoulders man that's where i want to be man like i i want to not care about you know what I mean? does that make sense like yeah maybe that's stupid but like no I, I just feel like mission impossible has so much has so much like grace or not grace um like we allow it so much grace because they're so yeah yeah because they're just so good they're just oh, man i can't wait to watch the next one to me the, the what that movie does really well is the plot is always like good enough mm which I don't think they're bad. So I don't say good enough in a bad way. I just mean no, it's right. like it's enough to carry the action. And it's like, okay, I'm really here for the action, but I do need, yeah. like I care about Ethan Hunt and I usually care yes. about his team enough where I am invested in them, where I care if they die. And that's mm. like the only way to me, action scenes are fun is if I actually am worried Simon Pegg's going to get off this movie, Yeah, you know, yeah. or like even um, Fallout with Henry Cavill, which Henry Cavill, oh, maybe my favorite Henry bro. Cavill role. And I like I him mean, a lot. Dude, the bathroom fight scene. Uh, so I much mean, it's fun. forget about it. So much fun. I would say if someone look again, say what you will about Tom Cruise. If you're not watching these movies because of Tom Cruise, you're, you're truly selling out. yourself short, man. Like you're missing out. You're missing out. Um. Yeah, I, I'm so happy that you watched these again so that we had a excuse to talk about it. Yeah, that was fun. All right. Was that it? I think that's it for me. Yeah. Okay. Because Batman and Batman return. Ooh, Batman and Batman returns, I'll save. Oh, you know what? Another another cool thing yeah. about Mission Impossible. This yeah, is just yeah. a stray thought. Also in terms of Napoleon too. 
both they're like filmed on location that's what mm. makes the movies seem so huge like yep. france you're in france right and yep. and you're literally driving through france just when he's driving the motorcycle oh my in the God. famous Forget roundabout about the arctic ground yeah dude such a so amazing and yeah incredible anyway and it's like those movies can only happen because like tom cruise is like tom he's cruise-ness like, and he's you like championing I mean? yeah, yeah he's just like we're gonna do it this way i just i'm i'm really grateful for tom cruise's like second uh second half action phase i hope he does some more like real grounded dramas because he is a great actor like eyes wide shut he's so good in yeah i don't think he's gonna have like a paul newman like drama era i think he's just gonna go full-fledged i'm i'm ethan hunt until i'm 85 which honestly like more power to you i don't i don't know I mean, what action movies like people love John Wick. I'm not a huge John Wick fan again because it doesn't yeah. feel real ever to me, which I, I, I know it doesn't have to. But for me, mm. it's, it takes me out. And I know John Wick's not going to die. Does anyone die in Mission Impossible, though? Sometimes Rebecca Ferguson died in Dead Reckoning. Mm, so they say. We'll see. Ooh, what do you know, Ian? I don't know anything. <laughs> I just don't want her to die. I think that's more yeah. of a that's more of a hopeful. But yeah, no, not to call out John Wick, though. I do think those are incredibly overrated no offense i just watched the second one and it was fine i'm i'm excited because i i just hear so many good things about the latest one so i'm kind of gearing up to watch that so we'll see but i mean come on it's it's mission impossible or nothing yeah yeah cool all right well that was very fun uh let's take a quick break and we will be back to talk about batman returns cool let me say that again Let's take a quick break and we will be back to talk BMR, Batman Returns. Nice. That's what you wanted to redo it for. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's hilarious. <laughs> We're here to talk BMR. What is it that he missed in life? You look in Gotham City and you see kids playing, families enjoying the holiday season, the things that Oswald's never been exposed to and never things that were never available to him down deep inside there's still that that humanity even though those are the people that kicked him out threw him out they are after all his parents never forgetting that in a second if they were there at that moment he could slaughter them even though he feels they are his parents and he's moved by it we are back from the break Batman Returns, you picked this movie. Yeah. We almost did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang yes. or Nice Guys as mm. the original pick to do a little Shane Black Touch of Christmas. Touch of Christmas. Yeah, I like that. You threw this as a curveball last second. Well, I was trying to think of Christmas non-Christmas movies, right? So Which is a good one. Yeah. And I thought this was I think this is like the top build one. I think this is the one that everyone goes to because it's it is like firmly set during the Christmas holiday like tons of christmas visuals mm-hmm. and, and i would say the penguin story is like a christmas story like a kind of corrupted like a tim burton christmas sure. story but it is very like the underdog rises up and like it's it's almost it's it's a it's a corrupted underdog story like he sh- we should be rooting for penguin but he is actually such a disgusting he's got flippers person. man like i can't i can't support that <laughs> yeah no it's it's very like Obviously, it's Tim Burton, so I couldn't help but think of Nightmare Before Christmas. 
like in every single tons of nightmare stuff yeah it's like the whole set design is very and i actually don't know which one came first i'm assuming this came first uh batman Returns. i actually think nightmare came after yeah. this. but anyway yeah yeah this was just a year after so he made it right after which one uh nightmare before christmas was 93 okay this was 92 yeah so he had that in his back pocket so i'm sure he was working on that too maybe but yeah just like a lot of the imagery i'm just like oh yeah i could see that being you know in halloween town or whatever or christmas uh whatever the hell anyway (laughs) there's a lot of uh music that felt very nightmare before christmas to me too well it's danny elfman too right speaking of danny elfman is this like the most iconic theme song for a character or at least like top Mm. 10 top five maybe easy easy right for like Like top 10 like 80s on 80s on for sure it's so inherent with the character now i don't know i don't know anyone else even the newer batman movies like the nolan ones i'm like i don't even know what his what the 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 batman's like intro music is but yeah i mean the music in this movie is really like whimsical and fun and just really demented and dark at the same time loved the soundtrack which just fits the elfman character yeah freaking weirdo well, to get into this, this mm. is the second Batman movie. No, well, that's not true. This is the second Tim Burton Batman mm. movie. The first one was 89. This one pretty much is totally disconnected from the first one. I think there's one reference to what happens in the first movie. And otherwise, they mentioned like Vicky, Vicky Bale Alfred twice. Let yeah. Vicky Bale into the, into the Batcave and, and Batman kind of disses him. Yeah. Which apparently that was a really, people really hated that in the 1989 Batman because like vicky bale alfred, specifically the moment alfred lets vicky bale into the bat cave i mean it was completely unnecessary like yeah. alfred what are you doing my guy like he's also in his in. 80s he probably was a little, <laughs> a little old. <laughs> so you gotta a, cut him some slack but yeah moment. alfred doesn't do that he would never have done that <laughs> did she go down the slide like how'd she get in there like what was the entrance uh, truthfully i don't <clears throat> even remember how she did. no i don't think I, they show you but they don't okay no. yeah but so that mm. was kind of uh, the writer said that that was his way of kind of trying to blame Alfred for that bad writing of the first movie. <laughs> Pass the buck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. But that's really the only reference other than the Michael Keaton character and Alfred and a few of the main um, stable of characters for the movies. This was not as big a hit as the first one. It made like about two hundred million dollars less. The first one. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was considerably less successful, even though I think this is like a far better movie, in my opinion, which I think in comparison between the two, I think so, too. Watching them back to back. I really liked the first one and I was surprised Mm. by how much I liked it. The second one, I I couldn't believe like it's a it's like a it's like a bona fide like masterpiece. I don't want to say that word, but it's like everything is like perfect in it. it. It doesn't miss a note anywhere. In one instance, the costume, the Batman cape and cowl so much better oh, than 89 yes. like they got totally. that down like the in batman 89 you can kind of see it almost has like this weird like film on it hmm. it looks weird like you can just tell it's a rubber yeah and in this one it looks so much more sleek and smooth and crisp almost like a metallic kind of yeah sheen. that in itself you're like okay they got money to to figure <laughs> this out they got the budget <laughs> Yeah, speaking of, the budget of this was 50 to 80 million. Wow. It ended up making $266.8 million worldwide. Seems Batman like made 411.6. Mm. So I guess that's more like 150, but enough of a drop. 
interestingly, the 1989 Batman was the fifth highest grossing film of all time when it came out, which is pretty wild. So it was like a it was a mega hit. That's crazy. And it, that, how much? And it was only made for a 20? Is that what you said? I'm not sure what the budget for the first one was. The Batman Returns was 50 to 80 million. Okay. So thinking it could have been was, around that then too. Yeah, or even a little even less. less. Huh? But that's that's pretty wild. So these were like big hits, and I know they're still beloved. When I was growing mm-hmm. up, I didn't really like these actually i didn't like how stylized and kind of campy they were like to me it wasn't fun i was like is it a joke is it funny or is it like am i supposed to be taking this seriously i had a hard time was there something that you preferred or did you just not like or were you not even a batman guy like so for me i liked these movies but i was more of a batman forever guy i was val kilmer all the way that was my batman so yeah. for you to say like I wasn't into campiness, if you watch Batman Forever, that's just full camp and neon glow. So, <laughs> and but, as I say that, yeah. my favorite one growing up was Batman and Robin because that's it was insane. just colorful yeah. and it was like there was I thought Poison card. Ivy was awesome and I liked mm. the green. And it, I think it was like it, ironically, I think it was just more of a comedy. Like there wasn't as much darkness to it. Definitely. So in my kid brain was like, and and also there were great toys. I just remember there being yes. awesome. So it's probably more that the toys I thought were great. That's true. To me, I didn't. I was never a big, or I, mean, I was a big Batman fan, but like I feel like Batman really clicked for me. Cool was the Christian Bale one for sure. It just yeah. like like I said, that darkness I really clicked for me. Where now, the seriousness and like melodrama of the Nolan one is like a mm. little less interesting to me. And Christian Bale is a little less fun to watch. He's just so dour, more and brooding. Dark. Yeah. Where Michael Keaton's Batman in this was like so much fun, so fun to watch. It's so funny, too, because I think, like you said, this movie is so like I could not imagine being 12 or 13 and watching this movie like like, yes, I would love that. Like, I love Batman, but like this movie is dark. It's just kind of it's really disgusting. Penguin is so disturbing. Yeah. And also this movie's unbelievably horny. This movie is so horny, it's insane. <laughs> yeah. And again, I, I mean I say as a 13-year-old boy, then maybe I'm hooked. Yeah. But but yeah, like this movie is just like it's not it almost it's just not even a Batman movie, too. I was looking at the screen the screen time for each character, and I think he's like third build between in terms of how many minutes Batman or Michael Keaton gets versus Dane DeVito and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Like this is more and like you kind of you said it like the movie starts with Penguin's origin story. That's mm-hmm. like kind of your through line throughout the whole movie. It's like this yep. rise and fall of this really, really sad character. It's definitely Penguin's movie. And yeah, Dan sure. DeVito does it justice. He's he is incredible. Dude, he's crazy. I think Tim Burton has said in the past like he's just he was not interested in writing anything about Batman or did he write this? Hold on, let me look. He did not. He did not. Was, so then um, it was Sam Ham, I think. It was either Sam Ham or Daniel Waters, one of the two, because they're the co-writers. Wesley Strick came in mm. to rewrite it, but he was not credited because Burton and Waters, the original writer, eventually had a falling out. I guess. Right. That makes sense. Again, yeah, I think neither of them wanted to write another Batman movie, and that's why there's just so much focus on the. Penguin. on the penguin character and again it's like it's a little bit more interesting they already did the batman origin it's somewhat in the first one and then they're able to kind of go ahead first into this into the penguin character which is i don't know i guess more to chew on i don't know 
Yeah, and I think he was just more interested in That's Penguin true. as like an anti-hero. Yeah, or yeah, maybe yeah. not an anti-hero even. I wouldn't have done it right after the first one because that was like the last thing you'd want to do is go right into another one of those. So I, you know, I did uh, Edward Scissorhands after Batman, which was nice, sort of different kind of experience, which was great. Um, but then, I, I, you know, I was still intrigued by the other characters, you know, like... Catwoman, you know, came to mind right away because that's next to the Joker. That was probably my favorite second villain in the piece. And then that got us to thinking about, well, the Penguin. You know, you could find the psychological profile of Batman, Catwoman, Joker. But the Penguin was just this guy with a cigarette, and a, you know, and a top hat, you know, and, and didn't really, what, what is he? So... But then started thinking about, you know, Catwoman, Batman, sort of this animal people and then Penguin and and started to think about him, trying to find a, a profile for him. And, and so it was fun to kind of come up with a sort of bad freak, you know. But again, that duality of somebody who's been sort of wronged and, and you know, has that sort of split, not like dark, but sort of human animal, you know, and sort of using the animal motif as a strong image uh, for the film. And uh, then I started to get excited about it. Because he's a really compelling character. Like Becca, my wife, kept saying how bad she felt for Penguin. And I kept yeah, being you're like, supposed I know, to. but just wait. And then he bites somebody's nose off and he has like <laughs> black, blue oozed. Yeah, what is that, man? He was just like, yeah. <laughs> I thought the it was supposed disgusting. to be like fish guts yeah. or something, but then in the special features I watched, the makeup artist said it was supposed to be a bile. So oh, he's just always like oozing up. He's bile like sickly his, the entire time. Yeah. From his stomach. Insane costume design. This um I mean I I would say they nailed each character design to a T. It's, ins- it's, it's like really, really good. I do love Tim Burton's world too, because it's not like with the Nolan Batmans, it's so grounded in reality. Everyone is so like militarized and they have all this, you know, like everyone, all like the henchmen or the villains are kind of like these weird, like paramilitary grade outfits. And then in this movie, it's all like patent leather, weird parasols and top hats. And you're like, yeah, cause this is what they, this is what the characters were based off in the comic. Like that's what they did. It was kind of like yeah. this weird heightened fantasy world. And I kind of like that. I kind of like that Tim Burns like, no, we're just going to focus kind of like the Marvel movies now where it's like, no, we're just going to stay true to the character's look and the aesthetic. Yeah. So I actually really appreciated that. Which is smart. Why, why reinvent the wheel? Unless yeah, like, exactly. it really needs it. And it's a Which comic Catwoman, they did, they did give a new look too. I think her outfit yes, is they fairly did. original <laughs> compared to what came before. <laughs> yeah. I, I was reading that. They, so that, was vacuum sealed and then she got stitched in to the costume. Oh I mean, it's so tight. Give me a break. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer is incredible in this movie. Dude, honestly, like, look, I like Kim Pacinger. She's great. But what a, what a, I don't want to say step up. That's so mean. But like, in terms of like sex appeal, like, even, even, even Michelle Pfeiffer as like her kind of, secretary chic kind of big glasses and her big like suit shoulder pads i was like oh yeah they knew okay (laughs) they knew 
and she's she's just way more charismatic like yes i don't even remember like what would you describe kim basinger's character as like boring like yeah she didn't have that much to do like no um but yeah great casting and i think kim basinger was supposed to be in this movie but i guess Hmm. they cut her out due to her being really boring but um (laughs) yeah michelle pfeiffer I don't know about you, Miss Kitty, but I feel so much yummier. How much time do we have? (laughs) As much as you want, man. As much as you need. I mean, my first note, I didn't take that many notes, but my first note is that she's so hot. She's like, she's like devastatingly beautiful. And then when she becomes Catwoman, who I do have some notes in terms of like how she became Catwoman, I'm a little confused. Man, like she's so good. She has like the energy. Yeah. Look, she probably studied cats. You know what I mean? Like she studied the movement of cats. She did her. She put work in. Yeah. Because her as Catwoman is like complete transformative. I thought she was amazing. Oh yeah. So you know the scene where she whips off the heads of the mannequins. I do. You might. Do you already know this? You're smiling. No, I just thought. <laughs> You're it was great thinking about I'm having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> so they, she's uh one of her weapon is Catwoman is a cat whip, whip. Yeah. one of the main or ones. She has claws too, and she is in a shopping store and whips off mannequin heads consecutively, mm. four of them in one shot. She actually did that. I always assumed it was she a special did that. effect. Yes, she she was like Good a, for a whip master. Not. I'm sorry. Oof. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but apparently she was like legitimately as good as a a whip stuntman the stunt guy said she's better than anybody i could hire which you know maybe he's just talking her up but she actually did it i forever always assumed it was a special effect where they just pulled the heads off and timed it and plus she's wearing a mask you could put a stunt person in that outfit yes really her she did it on the first take and did it multiple times Uh uh-huh yep Hmm. That's crazy too because a whip is like one of the scariest weapons in terms of like recoil. Like recoil, yeah. you could have hit yourself in the face. I mean, yep. Indiana Jones did in the. Uh huh. Thank you. Scarred him. Yeah, dude. Again, the costume design, like all the stitching on it, it's so incredible. Like, <laughs> okay, I will say. So, are we just bouncing around? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So there's the scene where Christopher Walken's character, Max Shrek, yeah, is truly so good, so wild pushes pushes his secretary michelle pfeiffer Celine kyle out the window she falls to her quote-unquote death yep, then she's surrounded death. by cats i guess they imbue their spirit into her i'm still confused about how she became wow. so cat-like yeah um, that's what i assumed it was like their saliva just kind of healed and fused well because they her. focus on that one cat nibbling at her finger and then Ugh. her eyes roll back and i'm like okay whatever but then she kind of becomes this, you know, cat woman. So she wakes up, goes home. She's tired. Her apartment's all pink and, you know, kind of run down and she hates it. She she tears it apart and then she finds this patent leather jacket, just this leather jacket, just one in her closet. And then she makes the whole outfit out of that. Yeah. Well, huh. so tight. You don't need that much. That's you know, true. That much That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, because it's I did like that minimal. whole part. She has like this really cool neon sign that says like hello there or something. And then it says like hell here because she smashes it. Really cool. <laughs> I thought that was very fun. 
yeah dude michelle pfeiffer is just like she just she owns this movie man she's so good again this is people know this they've seen it like i'm not talking you know anything new here but incredible i think the, the obviously the villains really really have their way with this movie it's so good it's in it's it's so good you have max shrek and penguin who are kind of like dueling villains they're kind of like frenemies they have like mutually you know they have the same goals so they align but really they're they're battling and um the scenes with Lockin and and danny devito's as shrek and penguin were some of my favorite they're the best a platform Stop global warming. Start global cooling. Make the world a giant icebox. I like it. The recall, we have to have a catalyst, a trigger. How are you doing? Great. May a couple pop that. Your table is ready. May a couple pop that. I need you, Oswald. I need you now. That's the biggest parasol I've ever seen. Some incident like the Gulf of Tonkin or the Reichstag fire. I'm pretty sure Max Shrek 2 is a is a created character. I don't think he's part of the canon. Interesting. Um I'm looking right now. So I'm wondering if Tim Burton was just like I need this guy in my movie. They made up a fictional character that's not in Batman's universe and suddenly he becomes the most exciting character in the film. Well, Sorry, but that's what you get when you put Christopher Walken in a role. So he's an original character made by Burton. He's named after the actor who played Nosferatu. And I think he just wanted a similar character to that. Oh, it is. So Max Shrek played Count Orlock in the 1922. There you go. Interesting. That's awesome. Dude, he looks so good in this movie, too. His, like, white hair, his, 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 his white eyebrows. He's just... It's it was so fun to watch. There was a something like so freaky but so compelling about his the visuals. Every character, even Penguin this time, like as a kid, this was another reason I didn't like these movies. Yeah. Penguin to me, I could not watch as he's a kid. gross. Oh uh, he, he's I either I just couldn't get it. He's either getting all horned up by Catwoman. <laughs> yeah, There's a couple scenes too where I'm like, this is like people. towing the line. Oh yeah. When he's talking to the girl uh, when he's running for mayor. Yes. It's like she's like Dude, he you're puts his hand on her boob. Yes. You're the best person a young... You're, you're the, the best, best role, role model. model a young yeah. person can have. The coolest ro- yes. role model a young person can have. Mr. Cobblepot, you are the coolest role model a young person could have. And you're the hottest young person a role model could have. Mm. Yeah. But he was like, oh, dude. Yeah, he sticks the pen on her. He's like... <sighs> because he's grunting the whole movie and then he just leaves his hand on her breast for a little bit is is really towing the line but anyway no back to max shrek dude such good casting again like to create like a new character in a franchise that is already riddled with characters i think is like pretty pretty bold yeah but if you have something and you can cast christopher walken i think that's just a plus and it was funny because every time Christopher Walken spoke, he just doesn't, he can't help himself, but just speak the way he speaks, right? So, so it was just very funny to hear him talk. And I'm like, oh, that's just Christopher Walken in a wig. <laughs> and one of my favorite lines, speaking of Christopher Walken's voice, his he has a son in the movie who's mm. obsessed with, with he's like, he's like his pride and joy. And I think the son his has one, one line in the whole movie. Yeah. And Penguin is attacking them. And the son steps in front of Penguin to protect or steps in front of the dad to protect him. And he goes, um, 
Dad, go save yourself. Yeah. He does like his best Christopher Walken impression. <laughs> and it just like cracks. It was me weird. Up, it dude. was like faux German. Just like what? Is, what are you doing? Just <laughs> Dad, go save yourself. Dad, go. Yeah, he sounds like Schwarzenegger. Oh, it was wild. So funny. What do you think about all like the? Again, like I think we were praising the burn set design but even like yeah. the toy like the i guess penguins characters like he grew up in a um kind of like a circus act so like all of his like goons all of the weaponry is all based on this like weird like circus did you enjoy that <laughs> yeah i yeah. thought it worked because they were they were the goons and like yeah. the whole movie I've never watched the sixties television show, mm -hmm. but it mm -hmm. felt like it was, it still embraced the camp of that. Definitely. I, I think I watched it more as a Tim Burton movie this time as well. And just knowing his aesthetic more, I think I appreciated all that. All yeah. That more. And it just, it all messed. Like I, I didn't feel like anything was ever out of place. Just naturally. Like I wasn't trying to f like it, you know, it just fit and was yeah. fun. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it, it feels like more lived into just the whole, yes great job everything feels very real and old yeah. and like even his like i noticed his his duck boat had just like big yeah, wear in and it tear and super iron cool. and or like a rust yeah i would say in comparison the circus goons versus just like the vinyl jacket wearing goons from batman 89 that just have like the joker's face on it in berets yeah. so i was like eh, it's okay <laughs> yeah no but again like it's so cool what I don't want to say visionary, but someone that has like a true vision and they're able to kind of like go full fledged. It's kind of, it's pretty, pretty amazing to see what they're able to come up with. I feel like so many franchises are so precious with their material. So they don't yeah. let someone kind of do their thing. And I feel like with Batman, they're just like, you do what you make, do what you want to do essentially which I thought just made the movie way more authentic. I think in the special features, he said this time we were just going to like, let him make a Burton movie. Yeah. And like that's, that's like what really drew him back was they're like, make your movie. And he was very reluctant to get involved. And finally, the way that they kind of got to him was to say, well, what if, you know, what if the second movie is really just a Tim Burton movie? And that kind of got his attention and got him thinking about what he could do with it again. You know, how extreme could you go with the penguin? How extreme could you go with, Catwoman, what if you didn't have to worry about, you know, sort of the fidelity to the mythology, all of that kind of stuff like that? Right, because they were, I'm assuming they only made the second one due to how much it made, right? Batman 89? Probably. I don't know if there was, I'm sure they wanted to make it serialized because, yeah. like, well, you know, it's a, such a big property, but like, there, I don't think there was like the Avenger mindset back then. But I think Batman Fever was huge. Like, after 89 came out, like, like they did, biggest they made, movie of all time man yeah but they made That's like wild. in terms of merchandise and just like oh, what they yeah. like it was big it was crazy yeah. so i'm sure they probably cashed in on that and was like we have to do it which even is more surprising as to why they didn't make a third like that's so like even if this movie was not as beloved as the first one it still made I'm money sure with toy money too was yeah like still... it's so wild i would have loved to see us i would have too and like i guess they did call burton in for a meeting about the third one mm. And he said he was pitching them ideas. And I remember going into Warner Brothers and having a meeting. I'm going, you know, you could do this, we could do that. And they go, they go like, Tim, don't you want to do like a smaller movie now? You know, just something that's more. And like about, you know, half hour into the meeting, I go, 
you don't want me to make another one, do you? And they go, oh, no, 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 no. And I, and I, I just said, no, I know you did. And so I just, uh, we just stopped it right there. <laughs> They're like, yeah, you're not interested, right? <laughs> well, he was supposed to do Superman too, wasn't he? Yeah, at yeah. one point he was connected to the, right. I think the Kevin Smith script even. Yeah, which is that would so have been weird, wild. Was Tim Burton's going to be the Nicolas Cage one? Yeah. It was, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and that's yeah. one they had. It was going to be Mullet Batman. Yeah, crazy. Oh, I would have loved that. Uh, yeah. And there's like all the test footage too. You can see it, the uh, Superman outfit. And that's what they used f- to force him into the Flash. Oh, yeah. Pretty bad. <laughs> so bad. Speaking of uh, Michael Keaton, did you see the Flash? Wasn't he in that? Was he good? I didn't watch it. Uh, uh, yeah, he's fine. Okay. But it was like. So, so I didn't care about Michael Keaton Batman when Flash came out. This re- this really was me a revelation to me watching him the, with these times. Because mm. even when he picked, I'm like, all right, it's a weird, crazy movie. It'll be fun to talk about. But I right. was like, I actually watched about ninety percent of it alone, and then watched it again with my wife with the Flash or with the ba- Becca uh, uh, Batman Returns. Oh, okay, because I was like, this is actually like so good. And, it's like, fun. The sets are incredible, and I knew she yeah. would love that, and she did, and like every it's a very there's very little cgi almost everything was shot in camera mm. like actually a lot of the and you can tell too layered stuff is like sets and miniatures and painted right. facades like there's one specific scene that blew my mind how they did it the scene where the beauty queen is mm-hmm. pushed off of the cliff and they frame batman penguins framing framing batman for things right and she falls and there's a long shot of her falling from above down onto the crowd of people who are there for the Christmas lighting ceremony, which she's supposed to turn the lights on and does hilariously when she falls. She died, right? Yeah. She falls on the box and the lights turn on, which was her job. She was supposed to just push the, push the button. Tree lights up. And then I push the button. I know. I press the button and then the tree lights up. but then ends up doing it anyway, but falling to her death. But the point is, the way they did that shot is they actually, it's all in camera. I figured it was a green screen, oh, wow. but it's all in camera. And they shot it over the miniature set. They had a set oh, of the, the town hall, sure. whatever, miniature. And they actually had her, you know, 15 feet above with the camera over her. So she's falling like parallel to the ground. So is she suspended? Like, is there like wires or... Yeah, yeah, she's okay. all rigged up, but okay. she's literally hanging there, right. you know, rigged up. And s- they dropped her at half speed, oh. and they filmed it at 12 frames per second. So wow. they filmed it, so you have to speed it up to make it look normal. And they filmed her at half speed, so she's pretending in slow-mo yes, yes, to yes, be yes. falling. And so then when they speed it up, it looks like she's falling really fast. That's so great. Down a h- great height, and her f- hair looks like it's moving fast. It looks incredible. Like, it doesn't look not everything looks realistic but everything looks like it's really there it, it looks really intense yeah oh, i don't want to say beautiful. intentional but like yeah it's a it's a tim burton style where he's got that kind of surrealism where it, everything kind of feels handmade to a degree like it, it it really is like a perfect use of his like nightmare before christmas aesthetic in a real world application even the stuff like when the batmobile which i would love to talk about by the way when he initiates like the shield sequence even that stuff like the stop motion like the shield plating going around the car that looked amazing so good it looks so good and I, i'm like how do you do like how do you do that 
Like how Stop how did they do that? Probably a miniature. I don't know. It's crazy. I didn't see that in the special. They didn't talk about that specifically. Well, they should have. <laughs> I know. Because they did that in in '89, but in Returns they do it from like different angles, so you can see yeah. like how it's all like shaping up and all this other stuff. So I'm like, they were obviously very proud of their work. They were able to yes. sh- to let the uh, camera linger on that. Because if you well. Yeah, go yeah. Ahead. and we should talk about who did the special effects. It was Stan Winston, which I want to oh, get wow. into his life because he's a legend. And so this is like top notch animatronics. Top Isn't he a monster movie guy too? Like, didn't he do a lot of the so many yeah. things? But before we get into Stan Winston, yeah. I do want to. I do think we should give a quick synopsis of the film to give people that a reference sense. point for what we're talking about. Do you want to do that because this is your movie, or do you, would you would you prefer? I yeah, did? go for it. Go for it. All right. I'm going to do it as quick as I can. Mm. Batman's just kind of chilling, doing normal things. Right. Christopher Walken's character, Max Shrek, is a mogul in the city. He's shady. He's not a good businessman, but he's very successful. There's rumors of this penguin man in the sewers that's just kind of like tabloidy news. Michelle Pfeiffer is Max Shrek's assistant. Mm -hmm. Now... Penguin comes up from the streets and decides he wants to be part of society and he blackmails Max Shrek because he has literally all of Max Shrek's dirty, dirty laundry, such as like he has he knows that he killed his friend because he literally has the friend's hand, which Max Shrek obviously is covering up. So he blackmails Max Shrek into helping him become like a hero in Gotham, like they're going to team up to. Well, first, he just wants to find his parents. Right. And then he uses that Max Shrek uses that that relationship to kind of use him as a, a puppet almost right for like the- yeah and i think the parent thing this was i wasn't sure but i think the parent thing is all a lie so he can oh, get names of the kids of gotham oh, that's wow. why he wants to go into the records and that's he's making his list throughout the movie when it looks like he's looking for his parents you can see him writing names down <laughs> sure because batman to one point says i think he knows who his parents are or something like that before he says he found him but they team up mutual evils you know combining max shrek is building a power plant that's actually going to sap power from gotham instead of giving power to gotham so there's that going classic he tries to kill selena kyle because she found out about this evil plan and they don't say her name i thought that was fun they purposefully avoid saying her name is selena kyle because i assume they didn't want people to know she was going to oh, be Catwoman. I so I that. thought that was kind of a fun little um, comic book uh, mindfulness. And then um, Selena Kyle turns into Catwoman. Like you said, she has that scene where she tears up her apartment, builds her leather really awesome, BDSM yeah. costume. And um, this had to have inspired a lot of, you know, people's, you know, adult yeah. preferences. A lot of people There's in the leather. Some people who were <laughs> like, dude, like, whoa. I would hello. like to know what like the leather sales were in like 92. <laughs> <laughs> just skyrocketed yeah. that and whips. probably blue blue some yeah. lines <laughs> so this all goes crazy penguin is running for mayor he's gonna win batman exposes him as a fraud max shrek disowns penguin penguin goes full villain mode and tries to destroy gotham and murder all the firstborns which was kind of like the plague in egypt wasn't it wasn't that kind of what well the, he has his little moses moment when the right. when the parents throw him out of onto the yes, river okay so there are some like moses references oh yeah I, for sure do you notice yeah. who the dad was yeah yeah peewee yeah paul rubens <laughs> i was just that like, was awesome <laughs> yeah that was amazing 
he didn't look it was it took me a minute to realize he looked good he's got a he's got a yeah, very distinct like old timey like he has a his monocle is very classy so yeah and then throughout this batman's investigating them he kind of figures out penguin's bad news he kind of knows max shrek's up to something with the power plant right and it's cool too because sorry real quick no no you're good i like i liked that aspect of the movie too where you actually get to see detective batman i feel like with like so many batman movies he's just kind of prowler of the night punches people but in reality he is like the best detective in like in comics yeah so it was nice having that point where he's able to use that ability or whatever because i don't really touch on that that much that was some of my favorite stuff too yeah. like yeah. when he's just driving around gotham trying oh, to i get love that trying yeah. info about uh penguin and he's watching him from the window mm-hmm. there was just something so like f- funny but awesome about it because that's the kind of stuff you're like can you imagine batman just like i was gonna say funny in that just the batmobile driving 20 (laughs) miles an hour just like waving at people it's like nothing's going on don't worry i'm just just picking up takeout (laughs) so i liked i liked all of that so then the the big finale penguin is trying to steal all the firstborns and kind of just get revenge because his parents abandoned him when he was a kid so he he's like i'm gonna make sure they feel the pain i felt Mm. and then michelle pfeiffer is really doesn't have a goal maybe a little bit to get revenge. she just wants revenge it's just a revenge yeah, story she, for her she's just yeah. like revenge against the world basically so she's just kind of well, against fucking Christopher all max rex character max specifically yeah, yeah. but throughout the movie she is like when she's wreaking havoc in the department store i think she's right. just kind of like which i guess that's his department store so exactly yeah yeah so yeah. That makes he, sense. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah but yeah and then we'll save uh what happens at the the end for when we get there but i think that's enough um I think that's enough context to follow for the most part what we're talking about. Yeah, I didn't actually catch like the um was it I guess Moses metaphor. Like I didn't actually catch that until until you were just talking about it, but it's interesting. The, throwing them down the river I thought about, but then after that I was like, I don't know, but the firstborns I didn't the firstborns, register because yeah. that is that so is So is he just supposed to represent the, the plague cuz he's not very he's not parting anything. <laughs> I don't actually know the Moses well, arc. <laughs> I mean, in the, I don't know. It's interesting. I'd have to think more but about it. But it's there. And, and maybe it's just meant to be, like I told you, it's kind of a corruption of an underdog story. So maybe those references are just another layer of like, oh, this is a classic story of the, the kid who was like, but even Moses wasn't like cast off. He was put off in a basket to save his life, not to kill him. And I'm, I'm surprised there wasn't more of like a penguin versus like Bruce Wayne arc in the story because like bruce wayne was like the golden child kind of of who lost his parents but everyone praised him where the penguin was discarded because he's you know ugly and they were definitely foils in that way and like and like penguin scarring was external almost where batman could kind of i love um, this and interesting you mentioned that it felt like maybe they should have been connected more originally early scripts had max shrek and penguin being brothers so max okay. shrek would have actually been a cobble pot well that's what i was thinking that's what i because i have again haven't seen this movie in so long so i thought that's where the movie was headed because they kept referencing like he was the firstborn i'm like okay then that if he keeps saying that there must be maybe a child reveal at the end of the movie uh, but that makes more sense that that would have been kind of the case i guess and they they definitely feel like foils still yeah so everybody's got like childhood issues in this one mm. i guess max shrek we don't learn a ton about him he's just like the opposite of bruce wayne where he's like this multi-millionaire yeah, but he's true. just corrupt he's just a bad guy 
Yeah, that's yeah. true. And he's like looking out for his self-interest rather than the secret interest of the city. And secret hero plots. Yeah. I guess they scrapped that because they felt like the movie had so much going on that it would have been like just another. There's so much happening in this movie. Cool yeah. Plots, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think about Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne? I kind of wish there was more of it. I think, I mean, there. So I like when he's, there's that scene where he's talking to uh, Max Shrek and they're discussing like him signing off on the, uh, the power plant. And they're kind yeah. of they're kind of like those dueling of words. I really scene. enjoyed that kind of stuff, and I wish there was more of that. You can never have too much power. Exactly. If I just need more Christopher Walken talking, <laughs> honestly. But I really enjoyed that. I feel like Michael Keaton kind of gets a bad rap as Batman, but people really liked his Bruce Wayne. And I think I agree. I think I think him as Batman. <laughs> I wrote the. I was thinking about this in when I was watching the uh, first Batman. He just has like these weird like. He doesn't have like a Batman chin. Like it's a little too soft. You know what I mean? Like it's a little too puffy. His lips are a little bit too like kissable. I just need, I need more angles, but like yeah. Bruce Wayne. Yeah, for sure. He looks like a playboy. Why not? I don't know. That, maybe that's just me. I got to look at his face again. Yeah. Check out his face in the cow. I, I don't know. It, for whatever reason, just doesn't work for me. As I didn't much. think about this time. I think right now like i i'm not saying i'm committing to this long term mm. but right now he's my favorite batman like in, at least in terms of rewatchability like i really loved the nolan trilogy when it came out and i, I was, did too. so i'm not saying like i'm i'm like right right now i've i have very little like i've tried to watch rewatch dark knight me too i just could not get into it why what happened nothing it's just and like certain scenes that i loved are just like uber cheesy now mm. and i'm like oh this is like like when the the prisoners tossed the remote control out the window <laughs> i was yeah, like they wouldn't right, do this that. is like <laughs> give me that and he's like cross-eyed and like it's just like what do you do like this is way too heavy-handed man like uh so this this is like i would rewatch this i mean i basically watched it twice in a couple days but i would watch mm. this again like this christmas season i had i had so much fun with it and just like between yeah. like keaton's batman michelle pfeiffer's Catwoman. i mean forget Max about Shrek's, it it's, and danny each one of them it's a murderer's a row of just like fully fleshed out yeah. character they get so each of them feels like they get so Enough much screen, screen time, time yeah, to right. like do stuff with it no one's like wasted yeah i think I think what you said in terms of like divvying up the screen time, nothing feels wasted. I feel like this is a very, very efficient movie in terms of storytelling from each character's perspective. Like everyone yep. kind of gets a fully fledged arc, like maybe not Batman because either they thought there would be another movie or it's just like you, you know what, like this wasn't really a Batman movie at the end of the yeah. day. But yeah, like in terms of each character getting enough screen time, I think this was just like, perfect do you read comics at all only i have i don't read them consistently but i've read a few they did um i don't know if they're still doing it they might be they were batman doing like they, yeah the batman 89 yes. run is really really good where they kind of tell more of a backstory for okay or cool. just more delving into into this world into the tim burton world if you like these movies those are really really fun to read i would be really interested i i, yeah. I heard about that i'm like that's pretty cool yeah because it yeah, I read about certain things that sounded really interesting. Yeah, they're good. They're remember. pretty beautiful too. The artwork is is pretty awesome. Cool. And the character looks are inspired by the it's like directly all the the visuals. It's all it's basically just 
dropped right into Tim Burton. Yeah, that's so cool. And you know what's again in terms of like legacy of Tim Burton's Batman, the animated series completely took its design based off this the animated mm, series mm, the like classic everything. animated one yeah. yeah it's like that kind of um which i loved that growing oh, up oh i think yeah so good, for dude. sure i think you're not exactly sure what time period you're in everyone's driving like an oldsmobile but then there's also like you know computers and tvs you know what i mean it's like it's all mixed and matched and yeah. that's what the animated tv series did too it just kind of took that and that's another pretty fun continuation of like if you're into the gothic nature of gotham or like just like the, the whole world. I think it's fun. Yeah. Is it the fifties? There's a lot of fifties aesthetic. Yeah. There's a lot of like Gothic, like twenties mm-hmm. LA kind of feeling. Yeah. Visually. So let's talk about Stan Winston yeah, for please. a second. He created the Wookiee costumes for the 1978 oh, wow. star Wars holiday special, which Amazing. those are terrifying and legendary. That's not maybe his proudest work, but, but it's work. Nonetheless, he worked on the thing with Rob mm-hmm. Botten where they did all this special effects for that, which are still incredible, incredible and hold up yeah. and so influential in 1983. He designed the Mr. Roboto mask face mask for the American rock group sticks. I'm reading the Wikipedia article. That's why it sounds like that, but you should play some sticks over this, uh, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, that's cool. And then <laughs> that is cool. No, you're right. <laughs> and then the what really broke him out was he did the special effects for the Terminator, Dude, which were groundbreaking. And that holds up still to this day. I watched it like the three months ago. Amazing. Incredible. Like, yeah. So just so good. And then he won, I think he won awards. Yeah, he won his first Academy Award for visual effects on that. He then went on to work with James Cameron again on Aliens, which is mm. an incredible mm-hmm. visually grounded movie. He would go on the next few years to work on Edward Scissorhands, yep. which became between Batman and Batman Returns in um, Burton's timeline. And then he also worked on Predator and Predator 2. Then in the 90s, he would work on Terminator 2, and he won an Oscar for makeup and visual That's effects amazing. for that. He would work on Batman Returns, then Jurassic Park, which wow. he won an Oscar for VFX. Then he founded Digital Domain, which is a really famous special effects company. They did Titanic, which is another movie that the visuals hold up so well. Basically, what you're telling me is everyone's favorite movie he's worked on. <laughs> Any movie had... where they're like, this is so grounded. Why exactly. can't they make movies like this anymore? <laughs> it's because Stan Winston passed away, sadly. Yeah, and then he did end up leaving Digital Domain and then made AI for Steven Spielberg underrated. And then he made a 13 minute long music video for Michael Jackson called ghost. Oh, interesting. I don't know that one, (laughs) which I've never seen, but at the time it was the longest music video ever made. Sounds too long. (laughs) So what a career kind of, I mean, mean, he worked on avatar. Like, I don't know what he did on avatar, but he's credited. You know what I mean? Like, like that's amazing. But like Jurassic park, it alone is like, like that's it that's like whenever you hear about the mix of cgi and practical it's considered right. still like the poster child for what the goal is for how it turns out so it's just crazy and i i've watched some stuff about jurassic park and they did a ton of c- computer generated imaging like innovation like they i think that's like the first movie they started building like uh lifestyle accurate models with like muscles and things okay. for the characters to try to get that like like that, that whole concept i'm pretty sure started with jurassic park so in terms of like the the character falling and they kind of have her 
was he is that something he was responsible for or is he more of the I'm not like sure what's he, the difference was... between that and then maybe like a like a director like getting the shot together like so uh, one thing i've learned learning about movies mm. is that every project is going to have a different relationship between all the different groups okay so i'm not i can't tell you exactly yeah. but he would have been overseeing all of the special effects so Got he it. probably was at least involved or consulted this scene they actually did show the bts so i could have paid more attention and seen if he was there but I, I i imagine he worked with the vfx team responsible for that shot in developing the strategy for how to okay. do it and then Wait, implemented it you know so was he was, more of like a visual effects versus like practical or is he both sorry so i I'm think asking. it would just be no that's okay i think it would be like everything i think you could probably sum it up as like effects effects. anything maybe special effects so anything that's that needs something special he he was involved so he developing so he was involved in the sequence where batman takes out the battering and programs four different people no doubt he would have i'm like first off that (laughs) takes too long you're taking too long to do that and then it didn't seem like his buttons did anything it seemed like it was all happening too big like those like he's gonna be pressing like two buttons at once that maybe Come was on. the one of the most seen, the, the, one of the only parts of the movie where I was like, Wait, <laughs> I was like, okay. what's happening? Yeah. Like, it was like the Batman credit card scene. Exactly. In the, it's in 1992. Like, Wait. <laughs> <laughs> what? Is that really? That's and then so I love funny. how that ends up being what frames, that's what Penguin uses to right. frame. Him. The, yeah, exactly. So it's like, it even backfired. It couldn't be programmed like, oh, the dog stole it. I forgot the yeah. dog stole it. So it probably was going to come back to him. These are all sound stages, I'm assuming, like all like backlots of like gotham city is my assumption but i feel like they use it to their advantage because i think we were talking about before where everything just feels like it's towering over you and closing in on you and everything feels so like intimate and small but you feel like you're in a huge city and i feel like they're able to use those lot like basically the way they're able to um utilize the space like they're yeah utilize the space so well again it's like a very efficient movie it, it really is. And uh, yeah, like you said, most of it is built sets on lots. These are a lot of the same sets from the first movie. They bought the sets from Pinewood Studios in London, which I guess, I don't know why they didn't own them still, yeah. but they had to buy the sets back. And so they bought the sets for $10 million from the first movie, but then they built a ton of stuff. Like Penguin's whole enclosure is a styrofoam set, which is mind-blowing. That's like, crazy. Like they said, they had tons of problems with the water leaking into the styrofoam. Yeah, right. And we, we thought we could just, to save money, just foam down to the floor, you know, and then up the wall. But the water was constantly getting under the foam. So we ended up building a weir wall, which is a little kind of a little dam outside to catch the water. And then that would leak. And we had another weir wall outside of that. We ended up with like four weir walls trying to hold all the water. Probably smelled so bad. But but it it's it pays off like his amusement park world is like one of my favorite parts yeah. of the movie. I would go there. I would live there. I think oh, abandoned amusement parks is like one of my favorite. Oh yeah, there would be so many aesthetics. YouTube videos of like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> urban spelunkers or whatever. Um, wait, did they film in London for? I'm for guessing either the these first movies? one they did interesting that's but so cool. i think this it, one was all filmed in la i know it was because keaton said he could go home he, he, this one was better for him because he could go home and oh interesting in la i was more relaxed because i was in la i've gone to my own home at the end of the day for me there were a lot of aspects that were more enjoyable i would say because like it does have like i feel i know like gotham is supposed to be based off like those old east coast cities 
but also does feel like England too in a way too. Mm, like it feels like like I it's just because of the architecture. It's like so old and so lived in. Like oh, I know yeah, for I the Robert that. Pattinson Batman, they filmed parts of it in Liverpool just because they really wanted that old like gothic kind of nature, like kind of whatever. So I wouldn't be surprised too if they did that. But who knows? That's cool. Yeah, and I guess there's like a lot of uh who said it i think the um production set designer guy said his like he couldn't pick a specific type but expressionism was his main influence for the look yeah like specifically germanic expressionism i was thinking of like brutalist architecture i think that's wrong Mm, that's not that's not right it sounds it fits not knowing what that means it sounds like the right word i like the way it sounds when i say it's a very brutalist movie (laughs) i would say that sounds real right when you're in an art gallery like "Mm," and you're like stroke your chin very brutalist Mm." (laughs) interesting that's like a cool it's a good word to use um it's a great word yeah no again like i didn't for whatever reason i i wasn't expecting to like it as much as i did i think you were just saying that too yeah totally um I expected it more to be fun camp. Not, I was really invested. Like I really got, yeah. I loved it. I loved it, honestly. And I wonder if that, I, I'm trying to, let's look. Like, I like Tim Burton. I think he's fine. Or I like, like, like some of his movies. I, I think it's like aesthetically, I, I can't really get into it. I feel like his aesthetic is just like hot. To- like I, I imagine people in Hot Topic when I think of Tim Burton. But like, this was just like completely imaginative. And I mean, yeah. Like I watched Sleepy Hollow recently and I was just like, whatever on that. But he has he has an aesthetic and I can appreciate that. I do like that about him. I really like Edward Scissorhands. This one yeah. kind of reminded me of Edward Scissorhands, too. And you said there were film between, too, right? That makes yeah, sense. interestingly. Mm. So 89 was Batman and I think 91 or 90 was Edward Scissorhands and then 92. Right. Well, obviously, it's got to be one of those two. It's 90, I think, Edward. But that's pretty crazy. And the. I think this is Tim Burton's best run, in my opinion. Mm. Like these are, like his late eighties, early nineties. My two favorites yeah. for him. I I think I'd, I'd have to double check his his um IMDb, but Edward Scissorhands has always been one of my favorite, just like movies. It's a, a great Christmas movie too. Actually, I should have thought about that. Oh, interesting. That. Speaking of movie that scared me as a kid, I could not watch this when I was a child. Really? Yeah, it freaked me out for some reason. It must uh, have been the Scissorhands yeah it makes sense they're <laughs> freaky but that's the point i always got too stressed out when he started hurting people on accident yes, i think that that made me so sad and like stressed I'm like speaking of scissor hands when catwoman scratches the guy's face hey, i was like no thank you her that, her claws were freaked me out especially yeah. if she keeps sticking them in batman and i know i thought that was gonna lead him. to something i thought you know how like cat scratch fever is like when you get scratched by a cat you go you get a little kooky i thought he was yeah. gonna be a little weirder <laughs> have his cat woman moment <laughs> maybe get a like a little maybe he's like a little hornier or something <laughs> i don't know he starts doing the cat woman walk Dude, that was point. like my fan fiction in my head um <laughs> but no man this yeah this has some great one-liners like they're they're cracking snappy little yeah. dumb lines throughout the whole movie which i appreciated Well, there's just one Max Shrek line, which I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> which one? When he's trying to coerce the penguin into, I think it's when he's trying to get him to run for mayor. And then he just says, unlimited poontang. <laughs> and I'm like, he d- oh. I did not get that. Says, he says, unlimited poontang. <laughs> unlimited poontang. I was like, 
<laughs> what are we doing dude that's it was wild. so crazy it dude, was the, so the crazy overt blatant like sexual innuendos oh, in this movie too it wasn't wild. even like it was just windows they were barely like when he just says like 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 you already mentioned but at one point penguins like just the pussy i was looking for. yeah when he was like oh yeah you're exactly no, you're, no no like, please no. oh my god please especially danny devito is that little freak i know he went full frank from <laughs> it's always sunny in that scene dude and i guess he was um stayed in character he did like method acting god that would not be fun to be around and i don't know if he like i don't know how much of this was him just like having fun with the interview but apparently he really ate raw fish all the time That's... like he, he talked about how much he loved the raw fish he's like i always loved sushi but just eating cold raw fish like right off the bone was another level for me i really got to eat a lot of raw fish it was great i always liked sushi but this was really spectacular raw and cold and just fresh tasty they're really good god my mouth is watering what time is it again he might have just been playing but that scene where he's eating yeah, what looks like he... trouters is legit and apparently i don't know how in character he stayed but people said they talked to him off set and he would be penguin imagine how many takes that was too like if that was more than three i think i would be done which uh, he loved it though which i don't know i didn't realize danny devito was that i respect to him so uh, uh um there was a lot of other actors who were considered for roles in this movie at one Ooh, point cool. they had plans to cast robin williams as the riddler for this which the riddler ended up getting scratched from the movie was that i wonder if that was going to be a proposed like third movie thing too like if they were talking I, about a third oh, i wonder oh. i wonder because riddler did end up i meant forever right jim carrey's riddler yeah did did show up so maybe that was like um a continuation of those thoughts this plot was based loosely on two episodes from the 60s show oh cool his honor the penguin and dishonor the penguin where pay- uh, the penguin runs for mayor of gotham you know that's another thing too that i liked about this movie i feel like the the stakes in modern movies or modern superhero movies they're so high like the world is ending and we need to save the world basically this is just the guy's running for mayor and and batman just thinks he's yes you know it's like it's and gotham even has a surplus of so it's like so it wouldn't even be like exactly it's shitty for sure but like it's not (laughs) like he's taking something need like right right i do Uh, appreciate that no i I think that's why yeah i mean it just made it more not not grounded because this movie's so high (laughs) high uh not fantasy but whatever but um but yeah it just made it for more but it isn't like immersive it is grounded in what it in the universe it presents like it follows its own rules i'd say that's a good point very well robin williams um as the riddler nah i'm good i would you know i wouldn't mind seeing it I, yeah. don't, I don't need it. I'm not, I'm not like, oh, we missed out. Al Pacino is the Riddler. <laughs> that was, Honestly? Al Pacino was considered no. for um, one of these roles. For, um, I think so. Let me find that. That would make more sense. She's got a great ass. <laughs> <laughs> would have fit perfect. Guys. <laughs> so some other fun casting things. Yeah. For Penguin. Burton originally wanted Marlon Brando, apparently. Oh, wow. Which is, that one is one where I'm like, I would have loved to see that. That would have been crazy. 
the studio wanted Dustin Hoffman, which hmm. horrible, horrible fit in my opinion. If you watch, if you watch uh, Midnight Cowboy, that was called. Oh my gosh, yeah, he. Dude, oh, Matt's so honestly, funny. Honestly, like he kind of would. He would be. Uh, he'd be pretty good, actually. He is a slimy freak in that too. Yeah. They also considered Christopher Lloyd or Doc from Back to the Future oh, wow. and Robert De Niro for Penguin. No, not De Niro. But ended up going Dan DeVito. And I think Dan DeVito was like the real favorite all along. The way they talked about it, he seems... Not to be mean, but he fits the role. <laughs> He's perfect. <laughs> like, he really Physically and And he yeah. loved doing it. Like, he seemed to genuinely like... Oh, he's having a so ball. pumped about yeah. it. Yeah, you can feel it. And then there's really a funny story about Catwoman. We've talked about how great Catwoman is in this movie yeah. and how perfect Michelle Pfeiffer was. It's easily my favorite Michelle Pfeiffer role. I can't even think of other ones that I can I can't even think of what else, you know, off the top of my head. Do you think this is better than um her and Ant Man Quantumania? Oh, I forgot about that. That's number one. She stole that movie. <laughs> That's number one. <laughs> <laughs> no oh, she's, she's in scarface oh yeah i forgot i forgot about that so anyway. she's i might be wrong but she's no, but so this good is, in this no this is iconic so annette benning originally was casted as catwoman and that was like they were filming they were developing the character for she was like the oh, she wow. was picked but she called tim burton and told him she was pregnant like <gasps> she couldn't fit in the suit they were already ramping up production so it was like last minute and he was heartbroken apparently so they're like, all right, we got to pivot. People found out that Annette Benning was dropped and Batman won fifth, fifth highest grossing film of all time. Everybody wanted to be Catwoman in this and Catwoman, such an iconic character. Yes. Sean Young. Yes, I saw that. Okay. Blade yes. Runner. Yes. So she she had been cast She'd as good too. Selena Kyle in the first movie and actually shot a few scenes as Selena oh, Kyle that got cut. So she was originally going to be the setup for Catwoman. Right. She showed up to the studio in a handmade, homemade Catwoman costume and in character. This is Sean Young. This is Sean Young came into the producer and I think one of the writers meetings and jumped on their desk That's crazy. and did like, I am Catwoman. Like, you got to pick me, you know, and I've heard two versions of this. In the special features where they're actually interviewing Tim Burton, he says that he wasn't there when this happened. Okay. But I've heard, I found other versions of it where it's, they say that Tim Burton hid under the desk the whole time she was in there and wouldn't, wouldn't. Uh, because he was so embarrassed or that. Embarrassed, scared. I don't know. Right. How do you know she, I don't know, man. I thought that it would work to be sort of like aggressive in the sense that that's what Catwoman would have done. She would have just gone, and she would have gone in there, and that's just what I did. I did like a major kind of Catwoman uh, adventure. The next thing I knew, my office door flew open, which tells you about the difference in security these days. And Michael Keaton and I saw Sean Young dressed as Catwoman leap over my sofa and say, I am Catwoman. We looked at each other and went, I was only told about it, um, but I, but the eyewitnesses, I, I believe. I don't think it was a UFO sighting or, um, uh, you know, the legend of Bigfoot kind of a situation. I, I think the resources are fairly reliable. Well, I mean, look, 
How's she with a whip? <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. I think they made the right choice. I like Sean Young. I, I think they did easy easily. Yeah, this is like one of the winners <clears throat> in terms of like a like a casting situation. I just I couldn't that story I feel bad for Sean Young, but it's also you gotta do what you got you who knows. So I feel like that could have worked. I feel like in some situations yeah. that would have sold. I'm glad it was Michelle Pfeiffer, but Dude, when when she falls and then you and then she gets up and her like her mask is all tattered and her blonde hair is peeking out. Oh my god, forget about it. Like at the end with Max Shrek. The yeah. haircut too. When she kind of does like the transformation into this new Selena Kyle and she gets the haircut. I love the haircut. It's like kind of like the triangular bob. She looks good. All her looks are great, even when she's like zombie. And like, okay, yeah. is she is she undead in this because there are times where she is just gray skin well she's great she's like grayed out when she first gets like cat bitten or whatever when she's like going into her apartment and making the costume they do like those close-ups on her face yeah and she just looks like out of sorts she looks like a cadaver out of de- uh, it, i don't know i mean she keeps saying how many lives she has so, right. I, so and like, she gets I, shot I, is her <laughs> And like did the cats imbue nine lives so she was dead and then I don't like, know. I think yeah, I don't know. So I, I was was wondering if she's supposed to be like undead or if she's literally got nine lives. Uh, and she does so yeah. We'll have to get into the end of the movie soon. Let me see if there's any other little fun facts. Oh, one other thing while we're on how great Michelle Pfeiffer uh was she did the uh, the stunt with the whip okay. again that was a scene with my wife i'm like okay did you see that did you yeah. see that she yeah. really did that that was actually her i need to watch off. it again just to <laughs> see like her doing it you know yeah it's kind of like the mission impossible thing where it's like the fact that they actually did it actually mm. makes a difference and then the bird in her mouth i assumed was a special effect or just a quick it looked cheat. like it she literally held the bird in her mouth that whole scene that's disgusting and she did it again multiple times. Really? Where, yeah. Interesting. And the bird flying out was all real. And it's like perfect how the bird bursts out. But like apparently that was all. She really took that bird and shoved it in her mouth and held huh. it, a living bird in her mouth for that whole And that scene. was a big bird too. That wasn't like a little tiny thing. It was no, a hummingbird, you know? And I watched and I think you can see her cheeks moving right. like the bird moving around in her mouth when the bird's in her mouth which is just pretty disgusting i was pretty disturbed birds can be pretty disgusting animals yeah that that thing definitely um <laughs> did stuff in her mouth for sure birds don't have diseases <laughs> in the office <laughs> michael put the bird down <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so just had to shout that out that's amazing so um <clears throat> One other thing. I mean, I got a lot of little things. We talked about the special effects. The penguins were pretty much all practical. They were real, right? They looked real. Yeah, practical. Real. Yeah. Uh, you, you <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. There were 42 live penguins. Crazy. Used on the set. They had trainers. They they brought the set down, the the temperature down to like the 40s and 50s to make mm. it comfortable that was very friendly that makes sense. Yeah. they had to train them to wear the equipment they really are wearing all that stuff it took weeks of, of acclimating them to all the different pieces they had to do it like one at a time to make sure the penguins knew they were like safe with them and stuff do you think these are the same penguins from mr popper's penguins the gym oh movie? 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, how many trained penguins can there be? That, that's what I'm saying. They're, 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 they probably actually are. It's a small are, right? union, I think. <laughs> There's not many. <laughs> there were that's crazy. some animatronic penguins, which looked incredible. I think like the close-ups like of the penguins was, looked a little some of them you could tell a little mechanical but no like yep. you said they, and they like snap at christopher walken max shrek at one point yeah and those are mechanical and then when they fire the rockets those have to be mechanical because that's you know obviously and very unsafe for yeah right. those are real effects uh and this is kind of crazy some of the suits did have people in them so some of them were um little people in penguin suits oh wow that also look incredible right like i didn't I, I did not realize that i knew some of them were animatronic. i could tell some of them were animatronic sure and then this also had there's a funny scene a wide shot where the uh, penguins are descending on an intersection and you can see oh, yeah. it like from high above and it's very early cgi for like group shots and you, if you watch closely you can see that there are clusters of penguins who all have the exact same animation in sync Oh, so cool. they literally all yeah. do the same Cut thing at the same it, time. Yeah. yeah. Which was, um, I just thought was kind of a, a cute, like of the time thing that, yeah. Um, they had to cut, cut down on the penguin budget. Okay. One last special effect thing. Hmm. <laughs> and this one did blow my mind. So there's one last shot of Catwoman looking at the bat signal to tell the you that end. she's still alive. Right. Yep. She does survive. She electrocutes herself with Max Shrek to get her revenge finally it's her eighth life as far as we can tell she gets shot like five times and that takes away like five of her lives which stressed me out so much i was like stop wasting your lives yeah. you have eternal <laughs> life basically <laughs> so there's a shot of her from behind looking up at the bat signal that was a reshoot i think originally they weren't going to tell us okay, whether or not yeah. selena kyle was around still but michelle pfeiffer wasn't available at that time so they oh, literally built a whole animatronic Catwoman. That's not a real person in a suit. No, that is that is an animatronic body. What? Yes, looking up at the bat signal, and I'm like, you couldn't have picked. There's a like human -like. movement. That's yes, it's it's a full fledged. I saw the picture of it as a machine. You're gonna have to show it to me. It probably was a lead up to Terminator. I'll send it to you. That's I'll post crazy. It on our Instagram. That's so funny. It's. I feel like it'd be. It just make more sense to put. <laughs> you could have put anybody in this yeah. it's like her shoulders up i yeah, really yeah, yeah. couldn't understand but very cool very impressive hey i'll take it yeah why not that's maybe cool. they were just like had budget and they're like, yeah they had do it for fun <laughs> they went under budget <laughs> five million on a robot yeah all right well i kind of talked a lot about random things do you have anything else i feel like i cut you off no not at all i mean i love this movie i can't believe how much i loved it uh, let's see unlimited poontang talked about that alfred oh you know what oh alfred's great too loved alfred that's it i don't have much to say he's awesome i mean he is the quintessential alfred i think he's kind of like the man in the what, is, what do they call it? like man on in the um man on the computer. man in the uh chair man in, man in the chair thank you thank you oh again uh, you we got a lot more bat cave stuff too which i really enjoyed too all the computer stuff I loved. I like the use of CD-ROMs in this movie. Yes, when, he, when he does the render yeah. scratch of the scene. <laughs> that was so funny. It was great. I'm surprised it didn't have Prince back to do some of the music. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. The yeah. first song has like all this, all the music for it. Well, it's probably because it was specifically Two-Face's music, wasn't it? Or one of the villains. No, it was gets... Joker, right? Yeah, I think Joker. It was Joker. Yeah, it was specifically yeah, yeah. Joker's music. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right? 
so i think it was like supposed to be like his theme songs who did they gone for penguin they should have gotten another another superstar bob dylan oh wow that would have really brought the but it's like weird down. his like yeah. weird clanky like <laughs> stage yeah so the bat cave stuff i thought was really really great again there's one scene too i think the 90s was just big on toxic waste so like obviously in batman 89 joker falls in toxic waste so he becomes the joker and yeah. then there's a scene where the penguin talks about toxic waste and pours a bunch down i think the 90s were just really obsessed with toxic waste teenage mutant ninja turtles totally i think that was just like in in the in vogue during that time yeah, i wonder weird. i wonder what that's about just something i caught no that's that is interesting because this is the big a big talking point is um the toxic waste from max shrek's companies exactly yeah and how yeah, yeah. how it's like that's something he uses to to blackmail him is like yeah you're disposing all this toxic waste yeah yeah something to think about you know that is it'd be fun to get all the movies that are about because even like the power rangers we talked about power rangers last week with andy even the power rangers movie had ivan ooze yeah where right. he was like oozy right. toxic that was like his like toxic like avenger superpower. he's like made of ooze yeah. toxic avenger huh we need we need to be bring back toxic waste simpsons oh power yeah power right. plant and all the green uranium 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 uranium, uranium? i don't know would you live in gotham like would Hell you no. yeah i don't think so i was thinking that i would i thought it'd be so cool but man there's like so much there's just too much going on at least in that like five mile radius in downtown i just like i don't think the rent would be cheap i think the rent would oh, be pretty sure. cheap i mean no, i mean no i mean even all the people in these movies are kind of shitty like even yeah. the towns people are kind of slimy too yeah like this is definitely i guess an early script and one of the things that like michael keaton really fought against was there was a lot of batman having like cynical like monologues where he would kind of kind of like more of like the batman the matt reeves one they give a lot of the monologues to where he's like too. this city doesn't deserve me and like yeah. this city i should like let them deal with their own problems like apparently he was like very over gotham and i feel right. that in the peripheral where it does seem like where i'm like man where are all the like good people like it starts with penguin's parents dropping him off and dumping him because yeah. he's because he looks weird and then max shrek you know is just taking advantage of everything even the people on the street aren't like super innocent you know what's interesting no one cares about batman in this movie i feel like no, there's not a lot of i feel like a lot of the chatter like the public chatter is about penguin totally. like no one cares about batman and also i thought there were when penguin sets batman up so that everyone thinks that he killed the woman or he pushed her off things like that he's like setting him up i thought they were leaning into you know like how gotham city is a little anti-batman or at least like the cops are and just like some of the public too because they do that in the nolan batmans right they like yep. set him up yep. for everyone to hate him so he's like and i thought that's what they were gonna do and then they kind of just like yeah forget it it doesn't, go it doesn't really go anywhere, anywhere which there's I the one was... scene where his car it gets hacked by danny devito and he's like terrorizing the city and all the cops are chasing yeah, him. Yeah, right. And he's like, he's like effing S up. Yeah. But yeah, they, they, it, it wasn't like, it never peaked. Kind of like Spider-Man, this, the Raimi Spider-Man trilogy did that as well. Where right. Everyone starts being like, what is a vigilante? Yeah. I thought it was going to be more of like run into the shadows and be like kind of the, 
that like, Batman stressful. Where he just, it would never yeah. got stressful, which I was actually glad. I kind of do hate that, where it's just like everybody thinks you did it, and obviously you'll prove. It's like you obviously did it he later. didn't, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Circumstantial, mm. as the mayor said, or the sheriff said, whatever. Yeah, you've mentioned a couple times how Batman's not like the main focus of this movie, really. And in an interview. Burton said that he felt like people who were upset about that had a misunderstanding of who Batman was. I remember hearing things like, oh, you know, in the first movie, you know, the, the Joker stole the show. And in the second movie, you know, he's hardly in it. It's all the Catwoman and Penguin. And, and I, I always felt that those people, for me, were missing the point of the character of Batman, you know, where he is. That's why I didn't like Robin involved, just because... This guy wants to remain as hidden as possible and in the shadows as possible and unrevealing about himself as possible. So, you know, all of those things, you know, he's not going to eat up screen time by these big speeches and and doing, you know, dancing around the Batcave, you know. Uh, I always felt he was in at the right amount and the right sort of level of him. There's a great shot where he's just sitting in his uh in his office not doing anything he's just kind of like hunched over mm. staring at nothing and then the bat signal gets reflected oh, down yeah, into right. his office and shines and then he stands up and kind of like comes alive and that to me was like well, what are you like what is batman doing like he's just he's just waiting for people to right. do bad fi- like like this batman especially is like his whole life like in the first one especially they show like how socially inept he is like he's not very yeah. aware of other people's I don't know. I mean, more. yeah. Again, I wish there was more Playboy Bruce Wayne stuff in the movie because I think that's my favorite. And I think that's what Michael Keaton does really well because he's like he's like pretty charming, I think. And he's a little. um, He's got kind of an asshole. Yeah. And more, uh, more just like obtuse than an yeah, ass. He just yeah, doesn't yeah. get. Yeah. He just like doesn't. Yeah. There is also there is no. Uh, you want to get crazy? Then he had a. Now you want to get nuts? Come on. Let's get nuts. You know, in the first movie, I wanted a little bit more. Yeah, but anyway. There's a great scene with Alfred. There's a few great scenes with Alfred, but there was one, like, speaking of him being kind of an asshole that made me laugh. When they're like, Max Shrek's invited us to this party. You know, can I send him, you know, a resounding no or something? And he's like, yeah, no, there's no way I'm going to that. Yeah. And then Alfred rips it in half, all like yeah. proud of himself. And he's like, oh, wait. <laughs> Selena Kyle might be there. And Alfred just like gives him like the dirtiest look. Like, <laughs> how embarrassing. Now I'm going to have to tell them I ripped it in half or something. You know, like, this is so proper. He's the only one that carries over, too, into the into the Schumacher movies. Yes, that's right. Mm. He stayed all the way through. Through Batman and Robin, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. With uh, Michelle. We're not. Who's in that? Who's the young bat girl in that? What's her name? Oh my god! Uh, clueless. Clueless. I am uh, clueless. No, 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 no. Isn't Alicia Silverstone. Michelle? Alicia, not Michelle. Yeah. Also, that scene where they're both trying to tell Alfred to like make something up as an excuse for them, and he's just like, "I understand, sir." And then he yeah. goes to her, and she ends up being like, "Just make up a lime, a rhyme, or a limerick yeah. to tell him." And he's like, "I've just thought of one." <laughs> Tell Selena, you know, Miss Kyle in there. Tell her, uh, tell her I had to go to town. Tell her there's a big business deal came up. Or no, you know what? Tell her, let her know that nuns I'm going to dumb be my girlfriend kind of way. I will relay the message. Great. 
Miss Kyle. Alfred. Mr. Hi. Wayne told me to tell Mr. you Wayne? that. Mr. Wayne? Oh, Bruce. Yes. Um, would you tell him for me that I've been going through a lot of, um, changes and. No. Um, just that this is not a rejection, my abruptly leaving. In fact, he makes me feel the way I hope I really am. No. <laughs> Could you just make up a sonnet or something, a dirty limerick? One has just sprung to mind. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I mean, that must be so exhausting to have to think of excuses on the spot. All the time. Like, he's like, tell, tell her I'm going out of town. What are you talking about? Like... <laughs> No, you're and I felt so bad too when he lies to her. Actually, this is the first movie, but Batman lies to the first love interest. Oh, uh, Vicky Vale, yeah. V- yeah, and then and then she comes downstairs and she's like, Hope you have a great trip. And Alfred's like, We're not going anywhere. Oh, We're yeah, gonna be here like, for a while. Hmm. And I was like, Alfred, dude, Batman's gonna kick you. Bro, you dream, you messed up, dude. <laughs> How could you he not totally, realize he was not a wingman in that moment? <laughs> no. That's so uh, funny. Yeah. Great movie really fun. yeah really really fun highly recommend especially if you think you get this movie because this is one i've i've never i don't think i've really watched this like actually sat down and watched it because no, i'm like i, I don't really either. like it i don't like the burton batmans that much right. they're kind of too cheesy for me but really great so it, it, revisit mm-hmm. i would say even Definitely. though this is obvious this is a hit obviously we're selling you know this is people love this movie but it's deserved for sure yeah i think i yeah I think maybe people don't revisit it just because I feel like those are like early nineties or late eighties, early nineties movies kind of have like a, I don't want to say bad rap due to like, I feel like we're so inundated with special effects in movies that people are kind of like, well, it might just kind of take me out of it. But if anything, this is way better than what, what we've been getting. Yeah. It's like a really like mesmerizing, beautiful movie in terms of like set design costumes things like that it's really really cool i think it's like has something for everyone well this was very fun yeah it's kind of like an on the spot movie too which was fun pleasant surprise in in picking it yeah 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 Yeah. i would not have this would never have crossed my mind if i wasn't this might be one of the first in a while where none of us have watched it either like in a while yeah i think so. yeah so that was a fun one i enjoyed revisit this is like yeah, this was a revelation to me. So I'm I'm really grateful because I don't know when I would have watched these if I didn't do it on the show. So yeah, right. Really great pick. Do you have a favorite line? I think you were talking about a couple. Yeah, I wrote down so many. Dad, go save yourself might be my actual favorite. Dad, go save yourself. Dad, go. And just so unnecessary to have him yeah. do a Christopher Walken voice, but was like so perfect. <laughs> I think mine. So there's a sequel. There's a. There's one. So when Batman is fighting Catwoman in um, Penguin's like little like weird apartment, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. and he's like, he, she says something, and then he says, "Eat floor," throws her on the ground, and then he says, "High fiber." I haven't been fed all day. Eat floor. Uh! High fiber. <laughs> I thought that was that felt like such like a uh, like a '60s Batman line. Yes, so goofy and campy. I love. I thought that was so funny. There's another great part where they're just passing people in the city after uh, penguins like emerges and they're all talking about him. And there's somebody who's like, he's like the frog that turned into the to a prince. Yeah. And there's some guy she's talking to. And he's like, 
He's more like a penguin. He's like a frog that became a friend. No, he's more like a penguin. <laughs> yeah, it's like... <laughs> and yeah. So dumb. And I think I think the headline is like something about like penguin runs for mayor or something like that, where it like literally calls him a penguin. <laughs> yes. I thought that was the guy just doesn't get a analogy or whatever it is. And that felt very comic booky too, where you kind of like the, the camera's pulling out and you're getting like the different people kind of discussing yeah, 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 dialogue yeah. bubbles cool. of random snippets. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed that. And then there was another one where Penguin's getting mad and he's like yes or no he's he's talking to the town he's like yes i was their number one son but they treated me like a number, number two, two. I, was like, <laughs> oh, a like, yeah. I think it was yeah if not just again a very very slight innuendo yeah. very much more of a innuendo. <laughs> um, i enjoyed that that was so good i also wrote down eat floor because that was hilarious that's and funny then... the high fiber too <laughs> unnecessary and i didn't even catch the high fiber part till the second time mm. I, I i watched it which just added and then um after the goons mess up his car he's driving and he hits a button to do something he, he's trying to slip between a wall and that was a great moment where the I car turns into like a skinny car that was so cool so definitely well done. for toys for sure oh but yeah but worked and oh, the, yeah probably rarely would need to use for how much you know it costs yeah how to how tight that. are those how alleys <laughs> yeah. yeah and then uh but but he hits it and then he like looks at it and he goes that's funny like but he's like you know i don't know that didn't work right i was trying to figure out what was funny that's funny in that same moment i love when he's alone and he just gets to be bruce wayne you know what i mean he kind of gets to be out of character so i forgot he says something in the car he's just like out of his batman like persona all right now i'm a little worried and he's like just but Bruce in Wayne suit. in a costume. He's like Adam Scott being in his Batman yeah, outfit. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but he's like in the car by himself. I love. That's I was probably why about... the that's funny line work too, because he's just yeah, exactly. like he's more like a guy at his desk. I think... like, hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah, um, I like the use of CDs. I just thought it was really funny and just. <laughs> I I will say I feel like, I mean I I'm sure it's like a budget thing, and they they do it a lot in the in the next two schumacher batman movies but like more gadgets i could have used a little bit more gadgets i mean his utility belt is like infamous for having all this stuff in it and he really just use uses like things to go from building to building yeah that's true program but again that was kind of like wait what he's like give me a couple minutes i gotta configure (laughs) yeah wait who left (laughs) dang it i gotta restart (laughs) but no it's great solid movie batmobile gets the most gadget oh time because you get the, the skinny one you also get the great like sewer one that like gets to like go full 360 along the the yeah. tunnels which that sequence was a a one-third scale model all of that okay. it's huge so that tunnel was actually eight feet by eight feet you know again in terms of a use of models like I could not tell what was a model compared from uh, Batman Returns to Batman eighty nine. In eighty nine, you can totally tell what's a you model and what's it. not. Yeah, yeah, for this one, I was like, it's very hard to tell the difference between what was what was going on. But yeah, I love. No, that. there were there were a few shots where I'm like, is this like a green screen? Is this a composite? Yeah. Is this just like a uh, a matte painting? I right. really couldn't tell how in a, in, a, in the best way couldn't tell how they did it. Yeah, I just assumed it was all real life stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I. It blew my mind while I watched the special features. I was like, who yeah. the fuck is Michael, Michael. Keaton? Yeah. 
Becca, get over here. <laughs> oh my god, Becca. None of it was real. <laughs> Batmobile too. That was like that was that was all. Dude, the Batmobile. I think this Batmobile is the most iconic. Like, get that Tumblr crap out of here. Give me this one. The sleek and sexy, just like yeah. the fins. Come on. I was gonna say. I feel like bandwagon. I feel like I'm. Um, hmm. But like, I prefer almost like every aspect of this to the Nolan ones at this point. Yeah, I don't know. Like Gotham is so much better. Like Gotham and Batman Nolan trilogy. I'm like, what even is it? It's not even a. Pl- it's New York. I just yeah, I think it's it's too. It feels too real world. Like give me, I need I need some some fantasy in my in my comic book movies. I need some otherworldly stuff. I think that's how it feels. Yeah, and just it's. I I think those were really refreshing. Because, like I said, when I was a kid, those were like mind blowing, the Nolan yeah. ones. So, like, I know they have their time and place, and I bet it'll swing yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. I bet I'll appreciate them more in a few years. Like, look, I, I, I don't know what the um, what the difference is now, but the movie is like what at max eighty million dollars, right? It costs to make this movie, and now yeah. these huge movies are like these 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 superhero movies are getting cranked out for like. 250 million dollars and you're like where's that going it's crazy i'm like just make honestly if you give a give someone like really creative and smart 80 million dollars and they can they can do wonders you know what i mean like it doesn't yeah again i don't know what inflation is who knows what 80 million was in 92 but still like still be under 250 i'm gonna look right now actually tripled let's see let's see let's see Sometimes I'll do that. I'll like look at my bank account and just do like, hmm, I wonder how much money this would be in 1920 and be like, hmm, I'd be pretty well off in 1925. Let's get time travel yeah. figured out, guys. <laughs> so, so also another crazy thing, and this is something I don't understand with like, for instance, this is like a Christmas movie. It came out in June. Yeah. Like that, I feel like that doesn't make sense. Like just put it out in December, right? Yeah just that christmas or i mean that summer blockbuster run i guess but it is weird it is a very holiday themed movie which i loved i loved how much christmas stuff there we didn't really talk about that but i loved how much christmas stuff there was i loved how it was all centered around like christmas tree lightings and christmas shopping and and to me it did like i said penguin really did feel like a christmas story like watching it the second time i was trying to pay more attention to christmas themes and his does feel like it could be like a Christmas movie about like the little orphan freak who comes up and, you know, teaches people about the true spirit of Christmas. Okay. I don't know if I did this right. <laughs> oh, I did 800. That's why. I was like, how is it 1 billion? <laughs> oh my um, God. I know. Hold on. Sorry. I don't think I'm doing this right. Let's just assume it's the same. Are you doing it? I'm gonna try it. Eighty million okay. in nineteen ninety-two. June. Yeah. Of ninety-two to now. Please use values less See, than. See, that's 10 what million. I got too. Okay. Well then let's just do eight million and lat of zero. Okay. I think that'll work okay. just fine. So it'd be a hundred and forty five million dollars. Honestly, it's still still a hundred million dollars yeah. under like quantum mania which yeah. like i think what i appreciate about appreciate about this movie a lot and we, we've kind of said it but like when i talk about the set being so impressive this is a movie that will last forever like 
the visuals they did won't age because they're t- they're timeless, right? Right. And I feel like you could watch every Christmas forever, and it'll probably always hit. You know. I think having like a set aesthetic too is just like helps it. Yes, a lot. They, they know exactly what they're mm-hmm. trying to do. Like Tim Burton had such a distinct vision, like a vision. Yeah, right. Yeah, Catwoman and Penguin were both designed from sketches he did like their character roots are like just mm. literal tim burton sketches and i i assume most of it is like from tim burton's like the visible stitching on catwoman's costume i'm like that's that's a great detail i love that very similar to sally in nightmare where she's all stitched oh, yeah, together yeah, she's constantly sure. restitching herself oh i didn't even think about that that's interesting so really fun Hmm. highly recommend this i would pair it even with nightmare before christmas i think they would actually fit really well together there's a lot of similar elements really any tim burton edward scissorhands would go well i would pair it with batman 89 i mean you know duh (laughs) duh no it's great great time well this is very fun great time at the movies we kind of already did it i kind of said all of mine would you want to do your favorite line Oh, it has to be the eat for eat for. for. I mean, it's high in fiber. Yeah. And I'll go with classic. Dad, go save yourself. (laughs) Well, next week, I think I do know what movie we're doing. We kind of have December planned out at this point. We will be talking about Black Christmas. Angelo picked it. We're going back to slashers for a week. Uh, ho ho ho! <laughs> the original slasher, maybe. Really? And it's one of the early ones, and oh wow, there's a few things it did that um, I think it was the first. Pretty innovative. Movie. Yeah, it was, and it's really great, cool movie. So watch that before next week if you would like to. And thank you to everyone who's still listening. It's really cool if you are. It's so cool. I'm grateful to you. Thank you, Caleb. I appreciate everything that you do for the pod, man. You're doing. Oh, yeah, man. Thank you, dude. Really, oh, really well. amazing. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Everybody, go watch a movie. Go watch a movie.